Many people have wonderful memories of Christmas, but I think about Dante Faber and painful bowel movements. Hi, I'm Jimmy Carter. When I was your president, you know, it's hard to believe it ever happened. It seemed so long ago. Well, one particular Christmas, after eating an entire cheese roll by myself at Camp David because I was nervous during an all-night meeting with Sadat and Bagan, I soon felt as if the whole world had been dropped on my shoulders and had lodged in my colon. This resulted in an inflamed hemorrhoid, which one doctor said resembled Tip O'Neill's nose. My situation impacted the talk somewhat, but the problem was soon resolved with an extra-long teaspoon and my Eagle Scout knife. I only bring this up now because of the importance of history not repeating itself in future presidencies, and because I can't think of anything else to put in my books these days. Which, by the way, make great Christmas gifts. Thank you. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Big Bo. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is our two dirty cops, Alex and Parker. And we watch Showdown in Little Tokyo. I fucking love movies, you guys. They're so cool. Film as a medium is the greatest gift that Ben Franklin ever gave to this great nation. This was first time for all of us, right? Yeah. Sure was. What a magical gift for once. <laughs> is this the best movie ever made? Yes. So uh, before, yeah, it's the best Christmas present we've ever gotten. There are certain movies that fit the oeuvre of this podcast, and really, like the one you put up at the top above all of them is the one with Jet Li that just has everything that you want in a movie for this podcast. Showdown in Little Tokyo is up there. If this had new metal in there, I mean, it'd be one A one B with the one. If there's one flaw with The One as our flagship movie, it's that they probably didn't do enough cocaine while making it. But thankfully, this movie makes up for it. That's a good point, yes. So, uh, you just Parker. put Dragula over the opening credits and we're, <laughs> we're set. Oh, oh my goodness, we can just edit. Okay, sure we'll uh, convene afterwards. Parker, uh, do we have any news? I don't think so. There probably is, but uh, the last like ten stories I looked at were all like, who gives a shit? No one cares about any of this. None of this matters. Oh. We're at that time of year again where even if movies were coming out, it's all just trailers for shit that's coming out in two months no one's going to see. And posters. Isn't that great? Who doesn't love a good poster for an Apple Plus explicit? That's not real. Apple doesn't have a <laughs> streaming thing. That's not real. I, it's fine. I, I, uh, we'll I get think... to some good posters. Oh, good. Okay, so the only thing that I saw that I guess would be considered news is I think they're pushing back Dune again so that they can get it in like a theater release after the vaccine is you know a thing and uh, that way they can make it into a series don't you guys want to see even more dune movies look if i've learned one thing from the marvel movies it's the sweaty fuckless virgins can absolutely carry box office sales for any movie and thankfully i know nobody else that gives a shit about dune so 
That's okay. been the most surprising thing is finding out how many people who are incredibly online just will d ride or die for Dune. Dune is a book I tried to read in ninth grade, and after 50 pages went, you know what? Spark notes exist. I'll that is, that is 100% fair. I, I've read Dune myself. Actually, I just read it like a few years ago. It didn't do much for me. I don't know. Which is weird. I kind of like the David Lynch version. I was like, ah, oh, they actually make some changes to the characters that I liked. Because I was a kid, I was like, I like Star Wars. I like Lord of the Rings. And after like the hundredth term, that wasn't real. Like, you know what? Maybe I don't like fantasy that much. Maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. The okay. quiz hat's hat. Nah, I'm just going to go watch Dragon Ball. I'm over this. Okay, uh, in that case, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I've got, uh, I got a serious one here, and this one kind of, this one kind of bothers me. My jerk of the week is my ex-girlfriend. Um, as it turns out, she wasn't entirely faithful to me. I just, I just recently figured that out, so. Fang, fang. You harlot. <clears throat> I can't. <laughs> Really, Eric Swalwell? He had to go for him too. All in service of China. <laughs> you never loved me. It was all about China. Okay, okay. You guys go. Right, I'm not. Yeah, I'm you not should. Uh, you should get her back by posting Winnie the Pooh memes on Twitter. <laughs> Tagger. Hey, you sent me this funny ass video. <laughs> Would that be begging her? <laughs> My jerk of the week is the boat captain that crashed that boat with all those rare Goku's on it. <laughs> There's gonna what? be a fucking Garfield phone <laughs> island, but for Goku toys. Yeah. <laughs> There's always. I, I guess I didn't hear about this. Can you explain it to me? Uh, there's not much more to explain than what I already said. A bunch of fucking virgins ordered a bunch of rare Goku figurines, and they were on a boat, and it sank. I'm just gonna be a bunch of Goku's washing up on an island. <laughs> Wait, is, is this gonna be like one of those Tomb Raider movies where they find Alexander's secret secret stash? See, you say that, I just imagine it like you know one of those like the real finding of the wreckage of the Titanic movies, where somebody gets like a fucking hundred million dollars submersible to go down and find Goku action figures. The end this of this is podcast is my father, John Voigt, sending me on a journey to find the Gokus. <laughs> this is just like the, the legend of all those buried NES games in the desert. <laughs> Look, I don't know who to blame for my jerk of the week. And you know when you open Chrome like on mobile at the bottom, it's like, hey, here's some articles for you that you might like. Yesterday, I get off work. I'm sitting in my car. I'm like, all right, I need to get some food. Let me find something near me. I open Chrome... I look down. The first article has a headline that is thus. Jared Leto's Joker stole a mother box to help Flash travel back in time. And I stared at it. I don't know what those words mean. I don't know yes, why do. it would be recommended for me. I don't know why it's the top thing it thinks I would want to read. But I'm sitting there in my cold car at 30 degrees out at like 6.30 in the morning after working all night just thinking about driving into a guardrail. Is a mother box scenes. like a boom tube? Uh, more you know? than you would think. <laughs> the dragon's wish is very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your jerk of the out. week is the orange man. The <laughs> jerk of the week is, in fact, Goku. <laughs> Let's get into what we watched recently. On two episodes ago, Alex assigned me split second. And I finally got around to watching it. Now, you want to talk yeah. about a powerful movie. 
You want to talk about a movie so powerful? I think it gave me radiation poisoning. Dude. <laughs> I fucking love Split Second so much. And that when when his fucking partner also sees the monster and also starts chain smoking and mumbling under his breath, I just like walk around my apartment talking to myself like that. See, I think one of the reasons that you like it so much, and this is completely fair, and I would like it as much as you did if this was under the circumstances, is that you somehow found this. I sure did. <laughs> like, this is a movie that I think Hollywood wants us to forget about. I have heard nothing about this until you found it somehow. Dude, I love you, Jeff Bezos. I don't care what chemicals you're injecting into me. I don't care how many years it's taken off my life. Just keep putting dumb movies on your streaming service, and I'll keep paying you $9 a month to watch them. It's fine. It, oh, it's so, so good. <laughs> it fucking owns. Yeah, I, what a great movie. What okay. did you feel in your heart when you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, they're investigating, and then you just see it? <laughs> what went through your body in that moment? I, I almost texted you immediately, being like, hey, have you heard of Split Second? Which you probably have, but still. I, uh, I, I think when I saw the bite marks, immediately I was just like, okay, alright, what are we gonna do here? Because if, if the monster is just Gene Simmons, I would have been like, okay, whatever. But no, they go that route. They go the practical <laughs> effects route. <laughs> the sound of your chair squeaking as you lean forward, like, hang on, movie. Back it up. What was that? What was that? <laughs> it owns that this stupid fucking puppet in this movie that somebody probably made for like $300,000 looks better than everything in Venom. Hey. Venom. So, <laughs> so um, the, uh, the real draw of this is that that $300,000 puppet looks better than every monster in every single horror movie on the list. Sure does. Correct. <laughs> Dope as shit. I mean, maybe this movie belongs on the list or something. I don't know. So, uh, Have you ever thought about just, you know, throwing out the list and making a new list, and the list is just good movies? No. No, that was All actually right. my original, like, strategy when I started watching movies, and then I finished that list off. <laughs> so, uh, also, Split Second is on no list, because uh, the list-making site has flaws. How good could that list be if it didn't have Split Second? Or <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo? Also That's, a good yeah. point. <laughs> Actually, Showdown in Little Tokyo was on a list of, like, action movies or something. I don't know. Okay, so, uh, getting to the next movie here. It... We landed on a space that just says Kevin James. <laughs> Weird how that keeps happening. <laughs> God. So I, I decided I would take the plunge and watch Zookeeper. <laughs> Hell yes. Sometimes your friends tell you lies. This movie's really good, Chris. Yeah, Zookeeper fucking sucks. I can't. <laughs> Did you like the entire set piece in the TGI Fridays? No, apparently everyone else did. Everyone else thought, oh, wow, that's really funny. <laughs> that would, Let's let's uh, get some stuff out of the way. Boy, interesting voice that Adam Sandler went with for that monkey, huh? <laughs> that's the only context I need for that sentence. Yeah, yeah that's uh, <coughs> quite the decision that they made there. Uh, what else, what else, what else uh, We, I know Alex brought it up but I kind of want to revisit it that gorilla suit <laughs> it looks incredible it's just voiced by Nick Nolte <laughs> what are we doing so I had a fun moment this week where for some reason 
I totally forgot to write down that I have to watch a Kevin James movie. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and you I just texted, forgot to. You texted me like, <laughs> one of the voices. And I was like, why is he watching? And then I dropped my phone like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Did you also watch The Zookeeper? No, I was almost caught up. I was almost totally caught up on shit to watch. And then I had the realization like, motherfucker, I have to watch a Kevin James movie. <laughs> I thought I was free and clear. It's been a bad week, you guys. I'm the only one who ever actually watches his assignments. I, buddy, I watched some things this week. We'll get to it. So, one of the things that kind of bugged me about this movie is that um, Kevin James said that he was really excited to make this movie because he had a crush on all of his female co-stars. I believe at the time he was married to one of them. So Cool, cool. cool. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing, right? Do, he do in fact, rock. Um... He, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of actresses in this movie that are worth mentioning, but I'm not going to. Um, Donnie Wahlberg is in it. I'll mention him instead. Uh. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. Hey, Chris, did you like that Joe Rogan cameo? Oh my god, Joe Rogan. So here's the weird thing about Joe Rogan is I wouldn't even call this a cameo. This is a supporting role. He's in a lot of this movie. Because it's weird, Joe Rogan has a cameo in Here Comes the Boom. That's a cameo. He's just in there like, oh hey, it's TV's Joe Rogan. Whereas in this movie, he's an entire fucking character. He's like a major part of the movie. You cannot watch this movie without thinking of Joe Rogan. And he's trying to be funny. Now, Parker, you like uh, shit everyone else hates. Uh, is Joe Rogan, like, a really famous stand-up comedian? Is he a funny person? Uh, he did. Yes to the first half of that sentence. <laughs> Look, Parker, I have an important question for you. Yeah. Is Joe Rogan uncancelled because he made the man show so shitty that it didn't get renewed? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Congrats I've... to all the winners. We need to bring back the man show. Oh, yeah, dude. My favorite man's man, Doug Stanhope. <laughs> guy just loves being a chill dude. Regular cool guy with no issues. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you gaslit Chris and be like, no, it's actually not that bad. You should watch it. It was really funny. The guy's in a gorilla suit and Joe Rogan's just in there. He's just stewing for like 85 minutes. <laughs> I really thought, like, oh, maybe this will be, like, halfway tolerable. No. No. It's it's intolerable in all of the best ways. Yeah, it's... Well, what it is more than anything else is it's just boring. Um, I By comparison, it makes Here Comes the Boom seem like a masterpiece. Oh, yeah, uh, I was 100% doing something else while watching this. Don't worry. All the oh, movies yeah. that we could choose from, like, how many of them have Nick Nolte as a gorilla? <laughs> or Sylvester Stallone as a lot... Also, Cher is in this. Why is Cher in movies? Why does Kevin James have a crush on Cher? <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie's annoying. I actually, a good example here is uh, a question Alex always asks, who is this for? And I guess it's for little kids and stuff, like, oh, the funny fat man, fall down, go boom. And I guess little kids would like that, but only after, like, the... You get to, like, the age of five, and at some point you're like, oh, no, 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 I gotta watch some serious cinema. So, um... Did you? <laughs> so speaking of uh, serious cinema, actually, I kind of, if you just give me a second here, I actually want to get someone to uh, help me out with this. So, uh, hey, babe, you can come in now. Oh my God, yeah. if he starts doing Bigfoot sit noises. The, <laughs> sit in the chair. And um, 
Guys, I got my uh, current girlfriend on. She's a lot more faithful than Fang Fang. So yeah, just talking to the mic, okay? Low bar to clear. <laughs> Hello, my name's Christina! I watched a movie with my lovely boyfriend at the cinema called Monty Python's The Meaning of Life! Oh, I forgot you said the more Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> fucking asshole. I forgot I did too. There's no call for that kind of language. Oh, I love this movie! <laughs> I Some hope things work out between the two of you. <laughs> Some lovely blokes dressing up in his glasses. <laughs> Comedy is actually my favorite. Who well, asked me a bleeding question about it? Why don't you? Don't you love how silly they walk? That's fun. <laughs> yeah, actually, they're walking normally. <laughs> <laughs> You're the silly one. I'm so sorry. Chris's Our girlfriend, you're so sounding different. a little rough. Did you put a little bit too much butter in your glass? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep calling me Chris's girlfriend? <laughs> Chris's girlfriend, do you find it difficult to record with that giant bell going off every single hour on the hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this week I watched bong, 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 bong. You know, the whole time oh. I was growing up, I thought it was just a regular size clock tower. <laughs> Who would know? You just need one queen to tell you how big it's it gonna is. gonna destroy my voice as it is. <laughs> I just. So, uh, I'll, t I'll tell you this much. I actually did enjoy The Meaning of Life. Um, I actually think this is a pretty good movie. Um, I I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I actually think Monty Python's pretty funny. I, I think that, uh, this one's pretty well made. It's got some good songs. Uh, it's got some good jokes. It's also got scenes that go nowhere and don't really tell a joke. And unfortunately, that's something that you get with Monty Python. There's, they're very, very hit or miss. Um, I don't know that I'd call myself a fan of Monty Python, but... Uh, I heard it. Parker, you heard it too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to edit that out and make it cool. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I like Holy Grail for the most part. Um, although, I looked it up in Monty Python, the Holy Grail doesn't have any men playing women. <laughs> so, uh, maybe it was a different comedy trip. Misfire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the meaning of life is alright. There's there's some funny moments, and uh, some parts work better than others, and uh, I don't know, I had a good time watching it. So let's talk about the chipmunks. Which one was Christina's favorite? <laughs> <laughs> hey Christina, which chipmunk is receiving the best top? <laughs> we'll get to that. So, some background, I guess, on the chipmunks. Cast your minds back, it's the 1950s, and Ross Bagdasarian is a writer-composer, and he's actually in a couple like famous Hollywood movies. He was in Stog 17 and Rear Window, of all things. Alex and just went cross-eyed. I, I don't <laughs> know what any of those words mean, except for that one Johnny Depp, Stephen King adaptation that you just brought up. Let me take you back to the 1950s. <laughs> Power him back on. <laughs> You see, it just takes so much power to maintain my care that sometimes they have to shut me off and put me in cold storage. So anyways, he's he's still not very well known and he wants to get well known and he creates a song that he realizes he can like speed up audio tapes and kind of play along with it. And he releases uh, the, that Witch Doctor song and it becomes pretty well known. 
And then he decides, okay, what if I do that and release it around Christmas? And does he get that Chipmunks Christmas song, you know? I want a hula hoop or something like that. And it, it was a... Now I'm going somewhere with this. It was actually a huge, huge hit. I guess he was the first person in history to realize, hey, little kids like to listen to music too. It became a number one hit. It was like gigantic. That is the reason you still have Chipmunks series today there's a chipmunks like cartoon that's still out right now it looks fucking terrifying so it all goes back to music our favorite thing parker you like music in your movies i know uh, yeah <laughs> so here's here's the deal after that song comes out and it's a big big hit and everyone buys the record and stuff they make a cartoon called the alvin show it looks like shit but it's the 1960s so did everything back then and uh, time passes, about 25 years passes, and they're like, well, we know that that was a hit back in the 1960s, maybe it'll be a hit in 1985. So they release another Chipmunks cartoon, and surprisingly enough, it is a big hit. Turns out that uh, they can just release this whenever they want. Apparently, this came about because one of the uh, radio DJs at the time played uh, a heavy metal album with a speed on like super high so it gave them chipmunk voices and he said it's a joke they're calling it the chip punk album and ross bagdasarian's son ross bagdasarian jr decided oh i'll take you up on that offer because i own the rights to it released a chip punk album uh that sold incredibly well so again it all comes back to music this is the reason the chipmunks still sing uh, so after 1985, what was it? 20 more years passes, and uh, we get Alvin and the Chipmunks the movie. Which well, uh, you, Chris, you missed an important step, and which was you know when piracy took off in the 90s, that all the people that were doing all the hacks were huge Alvin and the Chipmunks fans. So they came up with Chip Tune and put it on all the keygens. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Now, Parker, you said you really liked Alvin and the Chipmunks, the movie. Uh, any other thoughts yeah, probably. you want to add to it? <laughs> last to see an actor ever. like David Cross really go for it. Oh, we'll get to David Cross. Okay, so here's the thing about the first Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. My lasting memory of it is that Parker watched it right after he watched the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> uh, he has a bad week. Yeah, good company. <laughs> He was like, I needed something to clear the palate. Anything. Absolutely anything. I put on the Chipmunks movie. The first thing. The first thing you hear is them singing James Blunt, So You Had a Bad Day. And I almost had a breakdown. Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. I just felt my whole body get cold. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Let's go ahead and change these rules to give myself infinite immunity idols. Good. Okay. Uh, So... I've seen bits and pieces of the first one. I think my sister put it on. Um, so anyway, I was like, oh, I've got enough context. They can't trick me into watching the first Chipmunks movie. I'll just launch in and watch the Squeakquel. Which, um, actually, I, I do want to talk about something that comes right off the bat here. This movie stars as the, uh, as the three Chipmunks. Justin Long, the Mac guy. Jesse McCartney... Might be related to Paul, I don't know. And the guy from Criminal Minds. They're starring as the Chipmunks. My question here is why? Because, look, I'm really good at detecting voices. It's just the way my brain works. But when your voices are sped up that much, you can't tell who is who. 
it's impossible to determine who's doing that voice. You could have had Ross Bagdasarian Jr. doing their voices, and in fact, he does. This man at the age of, he must be 70 years old, does their singing voices in the movie. Which, uh, considering the, the song Jesse choices, McCartney a fucking pop star from that era? Yes, he is. Yes, yes he is. Get out of he here, does not man. do his own singing in this movie. Ross Bagdasarian Jr. does it. Or did it. I don't know if he's still alive. Uh, and his wife does the voices of the Chipettes. Let's talk about the Chipettes. They've got, Amy, they've got Amy Poehler. <laughs> Amy Poehler is one of the Chipettes in this movie. Uh, Christina Applegate is one of the voices of the Chipettes in this movie. Anna Faris is one of the Chipettes in this movie. I'm so tired. <laughs> so why would you it's have them in this movie? Years. You can't tell. They're, they're just well, high-pitched. Go ahead. You, you see, they're these all of these names you just mentioned are very popular with five- to eight-year-olds. So, you know, <laughs> if you think about it, it was really just to get them to the theaters to spend their hard-earned allowance. Most second graders are huge into Leslie Nope. They love her so much. <laughs> see, this is a wild thing to me. Every once in a while you get one of those animated movies that you know isn't going to be very good. Like, you can look at the poster and be like, oh, that's going to be awful. But it has all these big names, one of which is always either Ken Jong or George Lopez. And <laughs> I Or guess Dane Cook. Or Dane Cook. <laughs> and you look at it and you're just like, why did they cast George Lopez in this? No answer. Buddy, let me tell you. Because <laughs> he's hilarious. He really I think brings that, that energy. So you get kind of like that cynical perspective. Are, do they really just think they're going to get a whole bunch of George Lopez fans? Look, and I think when you're eight fun. years old, nobody's told you that racism isn't funny yet. <laughs> okay, also, yeah, sure. Fine. Oh, is they going to bring out a bunch of people? I don't know, Chris. They made four of them. <laughs> you tell me. No, hold up now. George because Lopez like, is the key. Well, that's the thing. As I get to it, I'm like, okay, maybe a whole bunch of people are just like, George Lopez is in this. I'm a big fan of George Lopez. I'll go watch this movie. And also Sharkboy and Lava Girl. He's in that, too. Yeah, but, I know. <laughs> but who, I ask, who is a big fan of Justin Long? Who has to go see the latest Justin Long movie? Well, you Long see, movie? when I was four and I watched Accepted and the fourth Die Hard movie, you know, I decided this is my guy. <laughs> Same, except I had a Mac. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, uh, so that's the casting there. As for David Cross, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, you're not getting a whole lot of work these days. Look, uh, man, yeah, there's a long the gap Python between our band <laughs> broke up. <laughs> there's a long gap between Arrested Development seasons, so you gotta, you gotta cash some checks wherever you can. Yeah, he, boy, he's so irritating in this. Look, I, man, what's that? I just, like, go, oh, you damn chipmunks, and fall over, and I get residuals for the next 20 years? Absolutely. I'll make a clown on myself. Yeah. I do it free every goddamn week on here. So the Chipettes are introduced in the nude. God damn it. Which well, That's uh, how they're getting all the eight-year-olds to the theater. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and they, they are hired, but no... They are signed to a deal by David Cross, who's going to make them the next pop sensation. At one point, they sing All the Single Ladies by Beyonce. That's fun. That's a, that's a song. And uh, let's see what else happens. Oh, yeah. Were they uh, also nude then, too? Yes. Anyway, Dave Seville uh, is... We'll get to Dave later. Um, Dave Seville, I think, is in the hospital for the entire movie. So shout out to whoever the hell that is. Uh, just avoiding most of this movie. And meanwhile, he dictates that the chip, the chipmunks have to go to high school. I <laughs> now the chipmunks in the series are like 
eight to nine years old. That's already too young for high school, but they're also three inches tall. <laughs> we just had to watch a bunch of Rick and Morty to get prepared. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Hey, wait, I never see him go to class. What the hell? So, uh, yeah, they go to high school, and they have to uh, deal with high school jock bullies, which, again, kind of an unfair slap at my culture. And uh, <laughs> Dude, even I could shove a chipmunk in a locker. <laughs> Can you imagine if that chipmunk was keeping, like, a kitten in his pocket or something? <laughs> oh, my Dude. God. Look at Mary Theodore in the pet cemetery. <laughs> imagine if their dad, instead of Dave Seville, was Clancy Brown. <laughs> oh, my God. He would have fucking bitten their heads off. Alvin! <laughs> they try and get in that rabbit cage. He just cooks them all right there. And goes back to fucking his wife. <laughs> Ringing so him out, out like fucking wet towels. <laughs> so it turns out Alvin is really good at catching balls. Uh, they're playing dodgeball and he catches a ball. Oh, you're out. Dude, do you think he has a ball though? <laughs> <laughs> that's too, that's too hard to explain on the podcast. I have man. been thinking about the Baldo nonstop for thirty six hours. God, secret Santa's coming. Okay, so uh, uh, anyway, they see him catch a dodgeball. Like, hey, wow, you'd be really great on the football team. He's he's like three inches tall. That's <laughs> who says the giraffe can't play football. <laughs> As it turns out, their main strategy is they put him in the backfield, snap the ball, and. The quarterback picks up the ball while he's holding on to it and just throws it into the end zone. Elvin lands on his feet while holding it. Dude, that's brilliant. <laughs> Why has no one ever tried that with Dion Lewis? <laughs> just fucking football, like, devolving to the point where the other team's just playing three bald eagles to try to snap the chipmunk out of the air. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings strategy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so uh what, hap- what happens after that oh yeah they have uh they sing songs and uh chip uh chip hats what is it chip what are your favorite songs also what are christina's favorite songs <laughs> <laughs> make you do this till you lose your voice i uh, hey wait what's what's your favorite song i have london bridges falling down <laughs> hey christina one last question i know you're on a time crunch uh who does dane cook play in planes it's not funny. It's a personal attack on me boyfriend. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I don't mean so, to get interrupted. I know he's had a lot of bad luck with women lately. Yes. <laughs> They're treacherous bang, bang. ways. <laughs> treacherous. Fucking Pepper Potts ass name. Enjoy your Chinese prison, idiot. Okay, so yeah, the squeak will, uh, it turns out not a very good movie. So I skipped, I've had the strength and commitment to skip Chipwrecked. Hey, wait a minute. He read the you wiki, didn't, didn't he? didn't assign it to me. <laughs> you didn't assign me Chipwrecked. So, I don't uh, have to watch this, but I can read the plot synopsis. I, it's, they go on a boat. They just, it's, it's the yeah, squeak. Yeah, what they sing songs on that boat? I don't know if Dane Cook's in it. Uh... Yeah, so I don't know. They get shipwrecked, and that—I that, guess that's bad or something. I don't know, I don't it. It's so much funnier than he thought. I said Dane Cook. What did you? What did you say? I guess T Pain. Oh. I thought, Man, I, that sucks. <laughs> I'll cut that. Anyway, uh, don't you no, dare! I won't. 
Okay, so I got uh, a lot of Dragon Balls, buddy. <laughs> oh Jesus! So do I. It's like that now. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So uh, I watched the Road Ship. This is instead of like the Road Trip, they call it the Road Ship. <laughs> is that the Viggo Mortensen movie? <laughs> Based on the book. <laughs> what if it had the same ending? <laughs> no, that's a history of violence. Anyway, oh, so sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The road ship is what happens. Uh, Dave uh, becomes famous. He actually finally gets famous off their success. I don't think the chipmunks get residuals. So he gets famous and is like the head of a record company. And now that he's rich, he can get married. Because, uh, it's a good message. And uh, he finds a beautiful woman. <laughs> Didn't realize Joel wrote this movie. <laughs> this is I'm a cashing in, SpongeBob. <laughs> now all the women will want me. <laughs> My marketplace values never been higher. Joel, thank you for listening every week. We love you. We, love you. we, we will get to <laughs> get to Joel later. But uh, anyway, he decides that he will go down to Florida to get married to this beautiful woman, and oh. the chipmunks are like jealous. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> I guess I could have just waited two seconds, huh? <laughs> and uh, then the chipmunks decide that for his bachelor party, they're going to feed him a lot of food. No <laughs> I, I can't do a chipmunk voice, but if I could say all you can fuck buffet in a chipmunk voice, then I would. You post one incel meme, and all of a sudden you're going to be made fun of on a podcast until you're 45. I dream about the day of us just hitting one day, and just like, who's Joel? This guy sounds like a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, we're going to get like a New York Times article. The podcast is rife with inside jokes. Among them, the legendary figure, Joel Williams. Well, I didn't throw his last name That's, that's kind of okay. fucked up. It's bad enough that I, mine is on I, here. I, There's 30,000 Joel Williams in the world. I didn't know his last name until this moment. Oh, well. Now you can look him up. Go ahead and add him. Now I can add him. Yeah, see? So the road ship. So uh, <laughs> they go down to uh, Miami with the devil and the violin or something. I don't know. And uh, good. hey, David Cross, too busy for this movie. All right? God bless. Too, he was too busy. He, he couldn't just uh, make it's, this movie, so... Uh, I, I saw that too. I saw it because I read the trivia before the movie started. I was like, oh God, what are they going to do to me? What does David Cross do now? Is he going to wear a dress too? Oh, I'd love that! Enough. enough is, oh my God, David thank you Cross, so much for coming back. Is David Cross just like the Gargamel of the Chipmunks universe? Like, I don't I don't get this. Oh, Parker will explain yeah, that. Funny so, you mentioned that. <laughs> we'll get there. So, uh, no, they, they don't have uh, him in this movie, and it would be silly to suggest that they do. Instead, they have Tony Hale. Oh, dude. Arrested Development really coming in clutch with the chipmunks. Yeah, if... Alex, did you ever see Arrested Development? Eh, bits and pieces. Didn't really do it for me. Uh, Tony Hale was the uh, youngest brother of the um, uh, of the brothers. Sure, I'll so, take your word for it. Yeah. So... I, I watched a fair amount of Arrested Development, and I really liked it. And uh, to see him in this movie, I'm like, oh, God, no. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> next thing I know, they're going to have Job in here, or they're going to have fucking anyone from Arrested Development will just make their appearance in these movies, I guess, as a villain. I don't know. Yeah, why. I didn't like him in uh, Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector, either. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. That's right. <laughs> All of us. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know why you put me into this. Anyway. 
Uh, he's in this movie, and he's in uh, an air marshal. They're like uh, the cops of the skies. Uh, and he chases down the chipmunks for being bad or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Is it just the opening of The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember much of the plot of this movie. I just know that they go to Miami. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. Just I just remembered. So uh, Dave is marrying a woman, right? Well, women, as a lot of you know, can have babies. And one Gross. of her babies grows up to be a teenage boy whose name... Some, I don't know, and uh, he can play guitar. Uh-oh. I think we can put these two acts together. But bad news, uh, the boy doesn't like the chipmunks, and the chipmunks don't like the boy very much. But then they decide, oh, I guess we can be friends, and we can play guitar and sing together, and uh, then the movie ends. Same. Is (laughs) (laughs) Is Jesse McCartney still there? Because that dude had a career for like a year and a half. Is he still just cashing those checks? Yeah, I think he's Simon. Good for him. Or something. Who can tell? I, I again, you literally cannot tell because their voices are sped up, so it's impossible. Uh, now, I, I mentioned this actually to all my friends. Well, I'm busy working the Venoc, and I'm just, oh, I'm having a miserable time. It's just, oh. and they're like, "Geez, what's what's the macros?" I'm like, "What are the chipmunks movies?" And they're like, "You should maybe like not do the podcast anymore." I'm like, "No, I need this." This and is all I have. One of my friends mentioned to me when I said I'm watching the chipmunks. We were like, "No, no, don't do it. They're terrible." I'm like, "I have no choice. I must watch it." put it on and they said wait what about that other chipmunks movie i'm like you can't trick me and they're like no 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 <laughs> the good one and i'm like no no there's no i'm not gonna none of these are good look at the anime they're like no 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 the 2d animated one from 1987 it's really good and uh i'm like you know what yeah you know what fine i'll put it on what's the worst that could happen Guys, we need to talk about the chipmunk adventure. Parker, I this no. might be in your no. future, but I might no. lose you as a friend if I assign this to you. No, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. So, I, I turns out I have forgotten about this movie. This came out during the original cartoon series run. I don't know if you guys ever watched the cartoon, but I remember watching it when I was like six years old and thinking, this isn't very good. And if you, as a six-year-old, can discern, like, quality in animation, that's probably not good. So, uh, watching the Chipmunk Adventure, it kind of led me to compare it to Eight Crazy Nights. Did you guys ever see Eight Crazy Nights? <laughs> not gonna answer that. I plead the fifth. Oh, that's thousand percent in your future. So, Eight Crazy Nights was a movie by Adam Sandler, which... Again, if you've watched it, it's it's really bad, and it's got like hideous character designs and awful voices and racial insensitivity, and also some unexpectedly fantastic animation, because Eight Crazy Nights was sort of developed as the last-ditch effort by this really good animation studio that unfortunately was going out of business. Adam Sandler was trying to save them by giving them this. So you're welcome, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the Chipmunk Adventure is kind of similar because it also has extraordinarily hideous character designs. Some of the humans' faces are just ugly as sin. Especially Dave Seville, which is about time we talk about this guy. Dave Seville is canonically the Chipmunk's caretaker. Some guy with black hair, and he's the one who tells him to sing or something. I don't know. And uh, they also refer to, the, refer to him as their father. That's weird. And 
in the original series, kind of just looks like a normal guy. Just like the Lego smiley face of human beings. Dot, dot, smile. And in the movies, not much different. In this movie, he looks strung out. They decided, oh, we have better artists now. You know, we can add details to his face. Big mistake. They added, like, he looks like a heroin addict. He looks strung <laughs> out. And the chipmunks are just torturing him. He's like, oh, God, Alvin. I'm sorry, but you describing this just made me think about Garfield calling John Arbuckle dad. And that's going to stick with me for like a day. <laughs> you know, the chipmunks and Garfield actually start together in the movie. I'll take he your word for it. The chipmunks that's, come. That's very true. I will. I will. I didn't watch it, but I'll assign it to one of you at some point. Anyway, uh, you'll watch it. So Dave has to go. <laughs> Dave has to go to Europe for who cares? And uh, the chipmunks are really sad because Papa's leaving us. Oh no, that sucks. So uh, they're like, as when he leaves. Uh, for some, there are these two criminals, again, with the literal ugliest designs I've ever seen in a 2D animated movie. Their faces are just hideous. They, there's like a diamond thing. It's incomprehensible. Apparently this movie went through like a million budget cuts, so the plot is just barely there, yet completely impenetrable. I don't even know how to describe it. And the chipmunks and the chipettes are shanghai no offense, into going on a, a balloon adventure around the world. It's like around the world in 80 days, but with chipmunks. And uh, here's a weird thing. Usually the chipmunks are well known for singing famous songs. You know, it's like, oh, here's that song, but chipmunks are singing it. I like that. In this one, they have almost entirely uh, original songs, except for Wooly Bully, for some reason. And uh, this movie is so racist that Ooh, okay. I Maybe we'll watch was, it. <laughs> it was, I was astonished. <laughs> is this why you said hi to Josh? <laughs> I was so like shocked. Like my jaw dropped at like the racist depiction of it, it's it's kind of like uh, the Phantom, where it's like I don't know who they're making fun of, but they're making fun of someone, and I feel bad on their behalf. Even as a child, you're like, oh, hang on a second, you yeah, can't they, just I, I, draw their eyes I've like that. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's just they don't talk like that. Don't come on. Uh, that's kind of embarrassing. And it's, that was, uh, really bad. Let's see, what else, what else, what else? Oh yeah, the voices, oh, I mean, they're chipmunk voices. They're gonna be irritating either way. Uh, and as for the animation, this has some of the best animation I've ever seen in a 2D movie. I was actually, like, jaw on the floor, like, how is the animation this good? There is no reason for the animation to be this good. So I looked it up. One of the animators was fucking Glenn Keane. Okay, you guys don't know who Glenn Keane is. That's okay. Glenn Keane was this Disney animator, right? He was working on a whole bunch of Disney movies. He was like a superstar animator. And then they made The Black Cauldron. Oops. So they had to cut a bunch of their staff, including, of all people, Glenn Keane. So he went independent, got signed on to the Chipmunks movie, and made some of the best animation, like, ever in this movie. And then Disney saw it, and they were just like, oh, fuck. And they hired him back. And then he was a lead character animator on all the Disney Renaissance movies. So think of, like, Ariel and The Little Mermaid and Hercules in uh, Hercules. And, like, Tarzan in Tarzan. And you, you get the idea. He's, like, the animator. He was, like, the guy for a long time. And that's some of his best animation that's in this movie. It's, like, that squash and stretch animation. You can almost see all the storyboards, like, frame for frame in the animation. It looks great. Unfortunately, this leads to some extraordinarily uncomfortable scenes. I mentioned, uh, I think before we were recording, about which chipmunk was getting the best top. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I've been waiting all week. Yeah, this movie, I don't know that it provides an answer, but it allows us a hypothesis. This movie is so sexually charged that I really was not expecting this from characters that are, again, canonically like eight to nine years old. These are like little girls, and they're singing this song about getting lucky with snakes while they're dressed up in like harem outfits in Arabia. Is someone's house on fire? Alex, is that you? I can close the window if you want. It's not even registering <laughs> on my fucking recording, so. Oh, okay. Oh. I mean, yeah, it, it was... might be it might be picking up anyway. I don't know. It's just like the little lines. I don't know if it was. So. Are you okay? Was... Are you just? Right, I'll close the window. Hold on. The pedophile. Are you sure no one's about to fucking dive carbon monoxide? <laughs> while talking about the chipmunks. He's just like, no, 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 they'll be fine. <laughs> uh, where was I? Can't assign it to I? me then. Where was I? Where was I? Yeah, the chipmunks are fucking, and they like to suck each other's dicks, and uh, what else happens? Uh, yeah. So my, my. So we don't get a definitive answer on who's receiving the best top. I mean, some questions aren't meant to be answered. They're just meant to be pondered. Damn, it's like the end of Inception. <laughs> so it's like whether Speaking or not they so- serve beer in hell. Speaking of so deep, it's absolutely Simon. I mean, look at him. Absolutely. He's a freak with it. I've come full circle. I'm now Team Clancy Brown. Because if one of those things called me dad, I would grab it by the legs and throw it against the wall. <laughs> absolutely go fuck yourself. You monster. Yeah, the Chipmunk Adventure, again, great. If you're going to watch a Chipmunk Adventure, then mute it. And also fast forward past the entire, most of the movie. Because uh, it's racially insensitive. <laughs> but uh, it also sexually Yeah, charged. skip all the good parts, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If I don't get to see a Chipmunk with a Fu Manchu, why am I even watching this? Uh, Do I get to see that? Yeah. I, nothing else that I watched was worth mentioning, so, uh, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> Alright, first let me start out with a question for Parker. Hey, Piggy, mm-hmm. how's that slop taste? Ugh. Like, just, just, just washing it around in your people. mouth? No, what's wrong? I thought, I thought you were a big Star Wars fan. Like, I uh, thought this was the... The show that was going to save the franchise. I'd fucking blame you for this. You find, like, yeah, I'll give this show a shot. And then just immediately, it's, hey, here's Boba Fett. Here's Luke Skywalker. You guys like all this? Do you want... Here's a hundred new characters that are all getting their own series. This is is entirely your fault. You and Jon Favreau are on notice. I would like to uh, make a ruling right now as the arbiter of the Game of Games. No one is allowed to save their Dragon Balls to make me watch the Boba Fett show. You can go fuck yourself. Okay, well, I have to... Recalibrate. It, it doesn't come out until December 2021. So. Next Christmas, baby. Maybe next year you can. But this year's Dragon Boba Balls. Fett, right? Dude, I hate Boba Fett so fucking much. Do you love, like, having the emotionally charged scene that's the payoff of two seasons, and every time it gets, like, tender, it just cuts to a dead-eyed CGI wax face? Isn't that cool? You guys remember Luke Skywalker, right? No. We can't just recast him. We spent all this money on this technology. So we're just gotta do it. I I hate I, Star Wars and it still made me tired. Like <coughs> I'm sure in time I'd be like, whatever man, like it's Star Wars, it's always gonna be the same three people. Like my initial reaction was just please God let it be anyone else. And I saw the green lightsaber, I was like, well, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Like, I can't be mad. 
So, like, I can get over it. But I can't get over how fucking ghoulish it looks. Why would they do it again? <laughs> they did this in Rogue One and everyone fucking hated it. Like, just put someone in a cloak. Just put a real human being in a goddamn robe for one scene. It looks so fucking bad. It looks so bad. I hate it. I did laugh really hard when somebody who was not that online asked if they did the Irishman de-aging on Mark Hamill for it. <laughs> oh, did they not? They pro- I'm like two weeks removed from the Polar Express. I'm not... I don't need to see these fucking eyes anymore. I hate it. Sorry, right, buddy. About, it's gonna be okay. Care? No one's ever really gone, including your love of Star Wars. Actually, <laughs> he's been. Off I'll be of here Star next Wars. year. It doesn't matter. I'm just never gonna bring it up on here. He, I don't want my nose rubbed in it. Yeah, he he's, he we'll said he was that. off of Star Wars ever since. Uh, what was it? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. He's been off of Star Wars like seven different times. It I hurts believe. every time. If we go back what and find his Zango, we'll probably Wars see him seeing like the same thing about Attack the of the Clones. I just want my slop. Everything is so <laughs> terrible. I just want things to comfort me. But, uh, and even I am like, why the fuck does it have to be Luke Skywalker? And that's me. But I'm at, a little piggy. After I told you, you went back and watched the post credit scene on a streaming show, right? Fuck yourself, I did not. <laughs> so I read a summary like, yeah, no. <laughs> I love being the only one too lazy to turn off the fucking TV after that dog shit ended because I had to pick up my phone and make fun of the Star Wars fans I know. And then a post credit <laughs> scene starts to announce the Boba Fett show. You know, they couldn't just announce it in the meeting with the other ten Mandalorian spinoffs two weeks ago. Had to wait. I just... I felt like I was in a fucking alternate universe. Because <laughs> everyone I talked to is like, that's not the greatest thing you've ever seen. It's like, the CGI thing just cutting through robots? I, I guess, man. I don't... They spend don't work for me. The don't entire care. eight episode season. Like, oh, there's these dark troopers. They're really bad. They're really bad. They're the strongest troopers you've ever seen. And then all the characters just watch CGI Luke Skywalker cut through the CGI robots on a little CRT monitor. It fucking owns. Am I supposed to feel anything from this? Like, yes, Luke's back. Okay. <clears throat> Someone's like, oh, I mean, well, canonically, there's only like a couple Jedi lives. Like, it's not real. You can just say there's one hiding. He is not in any up. of the movies. Ahsoka, who showed up two episodes ago, you could just make one up. It's fine. It could be literally anyone. But then it wouldn't be Star You know who else wasn't alive until last year? A fucking baby Yoda. And yet they found a way to make it be alive. I'm sure there's some comic or book or something with a baby Yoda in it, dude. Come on. The same three characters (laughs) for 40 years. I'm so tired. I'll be tuning in to the Boba Fett show next year. <laughs> we know. It's like, I wasn't even going to mention because it's like, I'm going to watch all this shit. Like, how am I going to get up on my soapbox? Like, Look, on. It's, I just, I wanted to give you a chance to get that off your chest. I just, I don't understand. I've had multiple people ask me and I just told them like, uh, you might want to ask someone else because I'm going to immediately rain on this parade. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just fucking hated it. Who are these people that liked it? Like, I haven't interacted with that. I, everyone I know has just made fun of it. I don't know. I guess I guess I haven't been on Facebook in a while. Oh, God. This... 
John Favreau, you and all of your technology can fuck off forever. <laughs> Can't wait for the Lion King prequel sequel. Dick. So anyway, back to the movies. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, like a month and a half ago, Parker watched a movie called The Substitute. Oh, buddy! Which all I'm right. here to report is extremely good. And is I will say nothing else, because this is in our near future. Yes, it sure you. is, dude. Oh, right. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Don't you hate when you get back from doing classified things in Vietnam? Don't worry about it. And you're like, oh, let me help out my girlfriend by being a substitute teacher. And you just have to bust these inner city gangs what you didn't, with your Vietnam friends. What you didn't mention to me is that the leader of the high school gang is Mark Anthony with a neck tattoo. I wanted to leave something a surprise for you. <laughs> what a cool-ass fucking movie. It's really good. Now, uh, I only have one line to mention about this, because uh, my girlfriend put on the, the 1980s version of Annie last night. Which I was paying no attention to until a cartoon bomb flew through the window at Daddy Warbucks and the dog saved the day. And Annie went, why is someone to kill you? Someone trying to kill you? And the nice nanny lady looked at her and said, well, Annie, they're Bolsheviks. They hate money. <laughs> <laughs> and then they dragged this fucking hunchback hook-nosed dude through their fucking mansion. <laughs> what the fuck? It oh, destroyed fuck. me, dude. I've dude, never these seen chipmunks this. are fucking out of pocket, dude. I, oh man, <laughs> I was paying zero attention when I saw that happen. I these went, Bolshevik the merchants love money, however. This Whatever musical movie. for kids. Well, you see, it was actually the Bolsheviks. <laughs> kids won't know what a Bolshevik is. Oh, don't worry, we know how to make it come across. <laughs> It's called visual storytelling. Look it up. Speaking of visual storytelling. <laughs> in my head, it's just from the fucking parade in Borat, the giant devil Jew head playing an egg. Honestly, like, you're not far off. <laughs> Movies rule. It's, it's, he's even got the fucking circular glasses and the stupid hair. Like, it's... Ah, <laughs> oh, my god. Anyway, speaking of visual storytelling, so for the past two weeks, we've been doing movies about skydiving. <laughs> and you know what? That wasn't enough for me, because I stumbled across something while scrolling through my good friend Amazon Prime that I just had to watch. Now, Chris, a while ago we watched a movie called Broken Arrow, which you referred to as the Howie Long movie. Yes, oh it's, it's his life story. What if I told you... There's a movie about parachuting firefighters where Howie Long is top build. You watched the other Howie Long movie. <laughs> I sure did, buddy. Buckle up, because I have to tell you about a movie called Firestorm. So, man, first things first. Howie Long top build this movie over Scott Glenn, a real actor. Isn't he the guy who faked going to the moon? One of them. There are many. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so this movie starts out with them parachuting in to put out a fire, save a girl from a burning building. In this case, they do so because they're like, oh no, we can't get to the girl, there's too much fire, or fucking whatever. So Howie Long cuts down a tree with a chainsaw and runs across it. Which results in Scott Glenn being maimed by a falling building, so he can't fight fires anymore. Hold on to that, it's gonna matter later. Anyway, the plot of this movie is that uh, a bunch of fucking criminals get put on a bus to go fight forest fires, but get this, they're gonna try to escape. Not if Howie Long has anything to say about it. <laughs> the fucking... <laughs> the fucking... Like, the bad guy in this movie is played by William Forsythe doing the most over-the-top fucking bad guy you could possibly imagine. Because, like, they're wandering around in the woods. It's a bunch of criminals that, like, have to go find D.V. Cooper's money or something with this forest fire that somebody set for them. I don't know. You figure it out. But because they're just wandering around the woods, he's just murdering the other criminals and doing one-liners. It's like, ah, yes, this guy used to be a pilot. Why don't you say you wonder if he can still fly and then throw him off a cliff? And then when the other criminals turn around, he's like, I don't know, man. I guess he just slipped. It was really weird. Like, it's just like they, they needed to show that the evil guy was evil. So they had him murder all the criminals in the woods. It's so fucking stupid, dude. It owns. Chris, you like Dad Rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> What if I told you that there's a scene of Howie Long flying around looking like a cool guy in a helicopter while Cat People plays? I don't actually know that song, Cat People. It's David Bowie, dude. I had 45 guesses and none of them were Cat People. <laughs> there's like no other licensed music at any point in this movie, but there's that. Parker, what if I told you they tracked down, or Howie Long... Uh, tracks down the bad guys at this trading post. They lock him in with one who he has to fight and then light it on fire. Oh no, he's trapped. How's he gonna get out? Don't worry, the trading post has a motorcycle in it so he can do a cool guy jump through the fire. They don't make movies like they used to. They really don't. It is incredible. We should good. just pick random football players and make them do this shit again. Right, yeah. <laughs> Remember it. when Kevin Green was like a wrestler? Parker laughing with There's... Me. There's a fucking subplot with some lady watching birds who gets kidnapped by the criminals for no reason. Like, there must a John Woo movie with Mark Colombo in it. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy meets his untimely demise. You see, it's the end of the movie. The forest is on fire, looking like fucking CGI nightmare fire on everything. It looks like they're in a volcano eruption, except it's just a forest fire. They're in a, they're hiding underneath a boat in this lake. One piece just flies in, puts a hole in the boat. Oh no, now the fire's gonna get in. Don't worry, the bad guy who you thought died like five minutes ago because of how he long hit him with an axe from 30 feet away is still alive under the water. So they take his head and shove it through the hole in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> This fucking movie has some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Every single green screen parachuting scene looks like it's from the 70s. It is... Dude, this movie owns. <laughs> it's so fucking good. What's the, what's the name of this movie again? I gotta... It is called Firestorm. Chris, do me a favor and look up the poster on Letterboxd. Because that is what greeted me. And I pressed play before even looking at what the plot was. 
the 98 version in case there's too many movies called firestorm yeah because the first one that comes up is a 2013 movie oh my <laughs> 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 why wouldn't you watch this movie exactly i saw that i'm like is that surely that isn't and then i press play and sure enough <laughs> how did you is find really this a steven seagal movie called the patriot hang on you guys keep talking remember how i mentioned that scott scott uh scott glenn was maimed in a fucking forest fire at the beginning of the movie he yep. shows back up at minute 80 to be like hey howie i'm so sorry that i sold you out and started this forest fire to help the criminals i'm gonna go die now and then he gets shot <laughs> what i'm saying is possible future episode in like six months okay yeah after we've uh, forgotten all the major beats that you gave away exactly yeah i mean like i wasn't gonna not talk about this but also right. like <laughs> give it a bit we clicking on this good. director's name and seeing he's only directed three movies but he's the cinematographer for mad max 2 is a lot for me to <laughs> right. take it right now <laughs> anyway what a cool guy i think that's all i have this week so parker you could go right on ahead <clears throat> oh jinkies well, let's get some stuff out of the way here before I get to my assignments. <laughs> so, uh, when the Christmas season was starting, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch all these weird modern horror movies. Like, the ones that jumped out at me were the Nightmare ones, like Polar Express, and the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, which I did not realize was also by one Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> this movie His cube. is a hideous fucking nightmare now parker i've heard a lot about this illustrious movie and i've never seen it and i remember i think it was supposed to be a big hit but isn't it like the same studio with the same like nightmare cgi as the polar express and marcy's moms oh yeah so this came out just since you mentioned marcy's moms didn't do great like did okay but it wasn't like polar express where they just put it in theaters every year forever and then Mars Needs Moms came out, and Disney was like, yeah, go fuck yourself, actually. <laughs> no more. And they stopped funding his movies. So, good job, Bobby Z. Um, so, apparently, like, it's the same thing with Polar Express. Like, this movie looks hideous, but the 3D's, like, incredible. Because this is back when 3D movies weren't just all post-converted. When 3D movies came out, they were made to be seen in 3D. But 3D movies don't exist anymore, so I just watched it on Disney+, and it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Here's the biggest problem with it. So the whole thing is, it's motion capture. You can just do anything you want. You have Jim Carrey, who is already a living cartoon. He can do anything. He's playing four characters. It is the most subdued Jim Carrey performance I've ever seen in my life. What? It's such a complete miscalculation. It's like, you are already fucking Fire Marshal Bill, IRL. Now you can just be a cartoon. You can be all the ghosts. You can do anything. And he just plays it as, oh, this old guy's kind of a prick, huh? Swing and a miss. Good job, everybody. Oh, I, I disconnected. Shit. Um, so here's the craziest thing that I didn't realize. Like, You're aware of just like how fucking hideous this movie looks, right? Like, just, just a post. You know off reputation. It's not a pretty movie. Avatar came out six weeks later. <laughs> These don't look like they came out in the same fucking decade. 
So I, I want to get back to uh, to Jim Carrey. Sorry, I disconnected uh, briefly for a second there. Uh, Jim Carrey, when you talk about how animated he can be, I, I don't like his version of the Grinch, but the reason he works in that is underneath all that oppressive makeup, he can do stuff with his face. He's got a rubber face. He can make all those like facial expressions and do weird things with his arms and legs like he's making a funny walk. I love that! It's just that <laughs> if, if you think you said this came out the same year as Avatar, that'd be like what twenty ten, right? Uh, Ish, nine right? Or 10, same, something, some, like something like that. It's around that. Also, it's pronounced yeah. Avatar, but uh, I have to Avatar. think that around this time, Jim Carrey was getting kind of there's no other word to describe it self aware, and I think he was getting like he got the ego to the point where I think he was exerting a lot of control over studios. And I have a feeling that he looked at this and said, uh, Christmas Carol, I have to take this seriously <laughs> in my four he different portrayals. He even said in interviews, like, oh, no, I want to make sure, like, I want to get all the accents right so it plays well overseas. Like, motherfucker, <laughs> just make a silly face. It's a Christmas. It doesn't. It's fine. Why would you, of all the things to take seriously, A Christmas Carol was written as a comedy. You, you, can, you can update it for modern times. I'd rather hear him rapping than taking this seriously. Oh, be careful what you wish. Not going to follow you down that road. <laughs> uh, so the other issue I have is the eternal question, who is this movie for? Because the whole thing is that it was pushed in 3D. If I saw this as a child in 3D, I would have started crying and left the theater. Because there's like five jump scares that are just a ghost of some kind coming straight at the camera and yelling. That's not for a child wanting to see a fun Christmas romp. I would have been in tears. And then everything else is just gray and soulless. And you see fucking... Dude. Gary Oldman also plays Tiny Tim. <laughs> so you just see no, a little no, crippled no, kid no, on crutches no. with Gary Oldman's face. He, it's the worst thing I've ever that's seen not in my life. He's lying. He's making it up. That's, <laughs> he, he definitely made that up. That is not the real. The worst that's thing the I've false, ever seen in my life. Dude. I Fake news. I Jerk of the week is Parker for lying. <laughs> it's so fucked up, dude. <laughs> Gary Oldman just on his knees. I'm Tiny Tim. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. I'm sorry. Uh, she came over to my place to hang out. I hope that's cool, Chris. What the fuck? <laughs> How do you do, fellow children? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking hideous looking. I don't... Like, I get his whole thing of, like, you can literally do anything. You can just mocap them, let them walk around, and then just do everything around them. You don't have to worry about lighting and setups and all that. I get the appeal of it. But this is not what it should look like. It should not look so dead like Luke Skywalker. It's not a good movie. Because above all else, you can do anything you want. It's so fucking boring. Not a huge fan of A Christmas Carol in general. Like, it's... Who gives a shit? Also, I've never seen the Muppet one, oh, so maybe that's why. It's a good one. But it's just... Who cares? Like, it's so boring. It's just old-timey England. And you know how much I love that. It's, uh, it's not great. Not a Christmas classic. <laughs> and Disney knows it's not a Christmas classic. Because you go on Disney+, Plus, where you know they push fucking everything. Like this year, you couldn't turn around without seeing Hocus Pocus for some reason. Because they're trying to push their new Halloween movie. You type in the letter C, it's like, do you want Christmas? And it just gives you Home Alone. <laughs> like, they don't give a shit about a Christmas carol. 
You had to look for it. You were like no. actively searching this out. I I had to know. Because <laughs> like, what am I going to watch? The same fucking Christmas movies everyone sees every year. No, I want something that looks... Because I didn't realize it was the same person, same studio, like, a couple years later. I just like, this always looked like a fucking nightmare. I'll just watch it this year. And it turns out it sucks ass. Now, here was a discovery I was not prepared for. Because in between The Polar Express and A Christmas Carol, a movie that does not exist came out. Same technology. Robert Zemeckis again. Another mocap movie. Do you guys remember they made a fucking Beowulf movie in like 2007? What the yeah, fuck? actually, no, I do remember this because I was at college and my entire family saw it without me. And the only takeaway is that uh, when they were in the theater, at one point Beowulf's bare ass is on screen. And my oh, sister was sure like, is. ew! <laughs> <laughs> so this popped up on Netflix like a month ago and I was like, that's not real. And I just like cast it aside of like, I remember a trailer for it, like, I remember it being on TV, but, like, no one's, no one has ever seen this movie. I'm not going to see this movie. And then after watching Polar Express and Christmas Carol, I go on the IMDb, I'm like, wait a fucking second. <laughs> Same people, right in the middle of them. It's on Netflix. I'm just going to fucking watch it. So this came out in, like, 2007, I think, and it looks infinitely better than Christmas Carol did. Like, it's not even close. So, better than the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol. That's it's a strong endorsement. Here's the thing. Here's why I desperately want to buy this Blu-ray. I'm explaining to you right now. So, it's the same thing. It's mocap. So, you've got all these actors, including John Malkovich, which... Boy, his face on a different body does not work. <laughs> that is the embodiment of Uncanny Valley. It is uncomfortable. Describe his body so real got- quick. I want to get a visual... What is his body like in this movie? He's just like playing just a regular fucking dude, but he has John Malkovich's voice, but the dude is supposed to look photorealistic, and your brain's just like, no, absolutely not. That's not how that works. So they, the whole thing's done in mocap. They've got the suits on and the dots and everything, and if you get the Blu-ray, you can watch the entire movie picture in picture, and I desperately want to do that. I want to get blackout drunk and watch these people on the quarter of my screen walking around in dots talking in ye old English about Grindel and such. <laughs> Fuck, that sounds seems real good. like a real good idea. So, uh... I mean, the problem with something like Beowulf is it's, you know... Chris, you know about books and such, how it's like one of the earliest recorded stories. Yeah. So, like... You've seen better versions of it for literally all of history. No. It's I, very, I, very, never, very bare bones. I've never read Beowulf. I've never seen an adaptation of Beowulf. Well, Beowulf's the dude. They're like, oh my god, we got a monster. And Beowulf's like, hey man, I'll fight that monster. Like, oh man, he fought the monster. Oh man, the monster's mom is pissed. Don't worry, I'll take care of his mom. Alright, he took care of the mom. Hey, there's a dragon. I killed the dragon. Alright, cool. It's very bare bones. Sounds like so it's, it's a really like, short right, movie. Well, <laughs> I gotta turn this into something. What if... What if I made it really horny? Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, watched a movie <laughs> kind of like that, but with chipmunks. <laughs> Turns out that uh, this movie I remember distinctly because uh, Angelina Jolie's in it. And they used a body double. And basically, every time she's on screen, she's just this nude model with big, fat tits <laughs> in Angelina Jolie's face. You know who didn't know that was going to happen? Angelina Jolie. <laughs> she was not happy. Wait, was this rated R? 
Oh, buddy, is it ever? Wait, how did my sister see this? That's a good question. Because, like, the movie is, it's honestly very watchable. Like, it's on Netflix. I wouldn't say not to watch it. Like, it's not great, but also he rips a dragon's heart out with his bare hands. Oh, so, I like, you're just worse ways to spend 90 minutes. But the problem is, like, it's very front-loaded with good stuff. All the stuff with Grindel's cool, Grindel's mom is cool, and I guess the end it's like, oh, shit, now what? dragon <laughs> I think I like the concept of dragons more than actually seeing a dragon <laughs> you just mean anytime like a dragon shows general. up it's like oh fuck yeah and then it starts having like oh it's just a dragon again like okay that's actually one of like three things you can do with hold, a dragon hold on. I don't I don't mean to sidebar here but that's such an interesting point the concept of dragons versus the actual execution of dragons because I think I actually agree with you what is the best fictional dragons there ever been? Mushu in Mulan is like the only good one, right? <laughs> the fuck out of here. That ain't a dragon. Because, <laughs> like, it's so hard. Mushu cannot of, pull 10 Pokemon. Like, you think about all the, the fucking ones that we've seen. We've seen, like, I guess the dragon in Dungeons and Dragons. That's a future episode. Uh, oh, but what about the, the dragon in Shrek? Uh, isn't, uh, isn't Aragon, like, the fourth best Star Wars movie in the last 40 years? Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's dragons in that. I don't know their names. I want to die. Uh, there's dragons in, uh, holy shit, I just realized Aragon, they just took the D and made it an E. Isn't that cool? It's like the next letter of the alphabet. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> what if they made it an F for the next one? <laughs> you think Aragon. Evan just calls it dragon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Dragons, maybe dragons kind of suck. They do, every time they show up, like, oh, fuck, the dragon's here. Well, it can only do, like, two things. Like, how many ways can you really kill a dragon in these stories? Alex, we need your perspective. What about the dragons in Game of Thrones? It's a great question, buddy. <laughs> I already forgot that show existed. <laughs> they get fucking clowned. It's... <laughs> the girlfriend will never forgive her for ever getting it. She kept going, oh, it's awesome, dragons show up. <laughs> and it's just, like, a constant wait. And then they do fuck all and they start dying off. She is... She will hold that grudge the rest of her life. <laughs> As she should. Yes. She got tricked into watching seven seasons of that dog shit just to be like, oh, we're all caught up. Here's the last season. <laughs> that I did not watch it. But yeah, dragons suck. Beowulf is fine, but also it doesn't exist. No one's ever seen it. No one will ever see it. You'll open Netflix. It'll be like, hey, you should watch this. It'll be like, nah. And the next week it'll be off that and you'll never think about it again. So there you go. Documented forever in history. Let's see here. Oh, I watched The Way of the Gun because I realized Christopher McQuarrie only has like four movies, and this is the only one that isn't a Tom Cruise movie. Who's Christopher McQuarrie it's... again? Well, he did Jack Reacher, and then he's been writing and directing like all the Mission Impossible since. Oh, he's right doing the right. two that are coming out right now. Well, eventually. Okay. It's. It's what you would expect a movie from, like, the year 2000 from the writer of The Usual Suspects to look like. It's not great at all. Hey, uh, Chris, you like Cruel Intentions, right? <laughs> no, come on, you didn't rewatch that. At any point where you're like, oh man, I bet this Ryan Philippe guy would be a cool, like, you know, badass loner type, like a like a real anti-hero bad boy, right? You can right? see my face shootouts. right now. Ryan Philippe and Benicio Del Toro? Chris, you're too Guard. 
What could go wrong? Well, I wonder if like, Benicio Del Toro will st- 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 stutter around the main actress. You know, in, in retrospect, it's shocking that Ryan Philippe doesn't just wear cool guy sunglasses in one of the Matrix sequels. That's, yeah. Oh, man. Like, Missed opportunity. Really is. For both sides. <laughs> the, the biggest disappointment with this is, like... In the last two Mission Impossible's especially, it just had these insane action set pieces. Like, shit I've forgotten about where I was rewatching. like, oh yeah, like this movie, they just have a halo jump for no reason. And then they get struck by lightning, and then you have this sick-ass fight and these car chases. And here it's just like, eh, it's just some shootouts. They're fine. It's real kind of a letdown, honestly. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm not doing much of anything else right now. Just working and sleeping. Really taking these Mission Impossibles, might as well just watch this, because it's literally, he has four movies, might as well check it off and be done with them. It was fine. He could do a lot worse. You see a lot of, it reeks of that era of like, well I watched Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, I can make a snappy movie full of banter and cool action. And Sure, there's a reason uh, he directed this, it made like $4, and then he was just a script doctor for like a decade. They didn't let him make shit for a long time. It's kind of a bummer, but what can he do? Oh, shit. I forgot I watched Cape Fear this oh, weekend. <laughs> you want to hear the most haunting thing you'll hear all week, even more so than the chipmunk stuff? Oh, oh let's see it. I'm assuming you're familiar with Cape Fear. It's a movie. Okay. That's true, also. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's hear it, let's hear it. Have you seen it before? No. Oh my goodness. Well, a central plot of the movie is... uh, So Robert De Niro gets sent to prison. Who's Robert De Niro? And, uh... Okay. Come on. So he's one of the chipmunks. (laughs) Uh, His brother, Simon. (laughs) He's, uh... Not really wrongfully sent away. Like, the big conceit is, uh... Nick Nolte plays uh, his lawyer. And he had, uh evidence that might have been able to get Robert De Niro off but he was like this guy's a real fucking piece of shit like he probably definitely did this anyways so he withheld it so he got sent to prison and De Niro found out about it so when he finally gets out he's gonna ruin this guy's fucking life including uh, preying on his teenage daughter who's like 15 or 16 and there's a scene where he gets into the school pretends to be a teacher starts making a move on her and she's weirdly into it and you as the audience know this guy's a complete fucking nightmare you've watched him like brutally assault a woman already and it's really fucking tense and he leans in and gives her a kiss and she's into it and it's real fucking gross and that kiss was nominated at the MTV Movie Awards for best kiss of the year (laughs) so good job everybody involved I, my fucking blood ran cold when I saw it. <laughs> That's horrible. One of the worst things I've ever read in my life. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, it turns out a good movie. You know, the Scorsese guy's pretty good at making movies. I just assumed you'd seen it, honestly. Oh. It seems like something you would see. Yeah, probably. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Don't worry, Chris. It's on the list. <laughs> so, uh... Has Tom Cruise ever been drunk before? <laughs> There's no way, right? Follow-up question. Is that why you wanted me to watch Cocktail? It's a big part of it. 
what is the structure of this movie? It is baffling, dude. <laughs> when he finds his dead friend in his suicide note, and I look down and see there are ten minutes left in the movie. <laughs> that is baffling. The entire movie happens, and then his friend kills himself. He's like, damn, I guess I'll open that bar now. And then the movie's over. <laughs> Did you like the uh, complete detour into pregnancy subplot? Yes. <laughs> Wait, I mean, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was a very sobering experience because, like, it's it's your whatever fucking 80s movie. Sorry, guys. My, my internet oh, died. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we're talking about cocktail, buddy. Oh, damn it. Sorry. My, my internet just, like, completely fucking died. I don't know what happened there. Uh, cocktail, yeah. Chris, like you, it. you you got to sign it, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, good old Alex, my friend, quotation marks, uh, signed that to me. So would you agree that Tom Cruise has never been drunk before? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, that's, uh... <laughs> it's, it's like, you're at like the hour mark and he's still just like on a beach somewhere making drinks. And then within 15 minutes, oh, you're not good enough to date my daughter. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> he's like sneaking into a fucking New York suite. He's like, you son of a bitch, you knocked her up. How dare you? You were sleeping with another floozy. It's like, it's a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big reveal, like, actually, I came for money, but I just want you to love me for money. I wanted you to love me for me. He's like, oh my God, you're right. We should get married. I'm going to leave my dreams behind. And then he goes to visit his friend. His friend's like, yeah, man, I fucked it all up. And he just kills himself. He's like, damn, I guess we should open that bar. What do you mean you have twins? Credits. (laughs) What a confusing-ass movie. (laughs) There was definitely a moment where I'm just kind of, like, spacing out for a bit. Because it's it's fine. But it's like the third scene where he's in a classroom. Like, yeah, I don't fucking care about any of this. And then I hear Kokomo start playing. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> what fucking year did this come out? This movie has a lot of cool island breeze jams, which I kind of appreciated. <laughs> Put me in a good headspace. It's uh, not very good as a turns <laughs> This is like, it's like six different movies, and I would watch four of them. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good description. Every time they cut him in school, I'm like, man, just open the fucking bar I don't care cause none of it matters <laughs> it all amounts to his friend being like ha damn guess I read those books well I'm dead now <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I called you a fucking bookworm all those times please clean up all of my blood so the number uh, one takeaway yeah. from cocktail for me was uh, well two things I guess the number one thing is it, it was nominated or won a whole bunch of Razzies, and that was, like, the main takeaway. It was like, okay, the Razzies are meaningless. I've seen so many worse movies than this. Uh, the other takeaway was, like, you know what? I still don't want to be a bartender. I still think that job would kind of suck. It seems so stressful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm starting to get in the butt sweats so just watching him try and take all them orders. And I have to stand up and start reading poetry? Oh, yeah. Well, and I can't right do that. <laughs> I don't understand what the 80s were. That's what I've come to realize. I just don't... I don't know what was going on in that decade where someone pitched that idea like, fuck yeah, dude. Strap a rocket to his ass. He's going to be the next big star in Cocktail. But what do I know? It's like how uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, gets pitched one of these movies and just spends a year getting into the character. That's what Tom Cruise did with <laughs> drinking before this movie. 
<laughs> Acting like a fucking 17 year old doesn't know he's drinking Sprite. And like, oh, I'm so fucked up, man. <laughs> He's so it does cool. have real playing it. beer pong with Mountain Dew energy. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. Like you watched all those Chipmunks movies, and they're they're really cute and like cuddly and stuff. That's what I said. But what if this, what if this cute cuddly thing, swore and smoked weed? <laughs> well, but teddy bears don't do that. <laughs> what the age, Seth MacFarlane? <laughs> Oh, my biggest takeaway from Ted is, man, I wish he'd gotten on that plane. <laughs> but also... <laughs> so, I don't know what the differences are, but the first link I found was the unrated version. When I hit play and saw it was an hour 50, I could have also killed myself like Tom Cruise's bartender. For <laughs> Just, I will say... There was one joke I laughed at in the movie. There was one joke that got a legitimate reaction Which out of me. Which one? Uh, so Marky Mark, our good friend, friend of the podcast, is talking about like how his life could have gotten fucked up, like how he was on a real bad road. When he ends it with, I could have ended up like that Asian kid at Virginia Tech. <laughs> and it caught me so off guard. It really... Really got me. Oh my god, dude, Seth MacFarlane's so cool. <laughs> also, like, hey, maybe don't have Mark Wahlberg talk about beating up Asian kids. Like, you know, all the hate crimes. I think the the one joke that got me, and I believe it or not, I haven't seen it. Um, but there was a clip online oh. or something that I. Someone showed Marky Mark and Ted a picture of someone. I don't even remember what it was, and they're like, "Guess who this is?" And I think Mark. Wahlberg says like Tom Brady and the little teddy bear just says Hitler and I don't know why but I thought that was really funny did you have the word Hitler running around in your brain for like a week I don't know why he immediately jumped to that but you know like there are since it's a Seth MacFarlane thing there are many callbacks to things from the 80s oh good you guys seen Star Wars you like Star Wars uh, it's complicated. <laughs> so, there was actually a joke that actually has payoff that, I'm not going to say I laughed, but I smirked at it, which is, they keep referencing Flash Gordon, because that's a thing from the 80s, Chris, you like yeah. that? And then later on they have a house party, and the guy who played Flash Gordon shows up, and then they do a lot of cocaine, and he just gets fucking amped up and punches a hole in the wall. <laughs> His Asian neighbor comes in, furious, which... You know, Uh-oh. Again, yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg's uh, Asian neighbor. <laughs> and the guy, the guy who plays Flash Gordon, coked out of his mind, thinks he's Ming, and tries to fight him to the death. Which I thought was fun, because he keeps imagining him in the robe from the movie, and tries to murder him. He keeps imagining... I was looking for anything, because it was an hour and 50 minutes. It's a comedy. You like comedies. We like to laugh here, folks. So, he want to hear another joke that was set up early and pays off later? Yeah, so, uh, his co-worker, Patrick Warburton, he thinks he might be gay. What? That's impossible. He loves women. He couldn't possibly be gay. Like, an hour later at that party, he shows up with his boyfriend, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Does he quip? He doesn't say anything. He just stares. 
I wanted to quip at that point. Maybe uncomfortable. Like it's the tension of like when you're waiting for a jump scare. Like just fucking say something snappy. Do the can't fucking take this anymore. <laughs> and after an hour and fifty minutes, I swear to God. The movie ends on a Taylor Lautner joke and cuts to credits. No, that's not real. I couldn't <laughs> believe that's not real. It. Oh, that's you. good. Hand to God. That's so good. It's not. <laughs> it sounds really good. Next week's episode, you Ted Two. If I assign you Ted Two, you'll have to watch Ted. Yeah, that's how it context. works for one of us. Yeah. Oh, I was speaking exclusively to one person. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know why you have to speak only to Alex as if I'm not here. You guys like the Smurfs? (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I... Do you guys want to know some of the voice cast in this movie? Let's hear it. Because it's important to remind everyone, it's a live-action CGI hybrid where all the people are just regular actors. And then all the Smurfs are CGI nightmares. I've watched a movie like Featuring that. the voices of Alan Cumming, Katy Perry, George Lopez, <laughs> Keenan Thompson, John Oliver, Jeff Foxworthy, and many more. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> Wish you could have seen the look on my face as I'm sitting here. The week of Christmas. Just dead inside. <laughs> My bones turning to dust. And Neil Patrick Harris, our hero, is looking for some inspiration from his friends, the Smurfs. And Smurfette, voiced again by Katy Perry, suggests, I kissed a Smurf and I liked it? <laughs> and I almost put all in my goddamn wall, dude. Hey, dude, did you like the scene I... where they play Guitar Hero? Oh. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie so much. Let's hear about Gargamel. He looks like a fucking nightmare. (laughs) The giant buck teeth and prosthetic nose and bald cap. So he's a Bolshevik. (laughs) Yes! It's exactly what he looks like. That outfit with a little CGI cat is such an upsetting combination. I didn't know the cat was CGI. Hank Azaria, I'm sure you made some good money, but... Was it worth it? I'd rather fucking kill myself. <laughs> so, here's a weird thing. The same friend who told me to watch the Chipmunk Adventure when I said that I assigned you the Smurfs movie, uh, they were like, oh man, that, that part with uh, the evil version of Smurfette was really, really uh, trite. Parker, what happened with the evil version of Smurfette? Was that in this movie? I don't oh, fucking remember. Well, that's in the sequel. You didn't watch this. Well, we know the game of games here. Assign. How many media aisles do I have left? <laughs> once. I've been fooled once, but it shan't happen again. It shan't. Dark Katy Perry. I cannot tell you a single thing that happened in this movie. Because the whole thing revolves around like Neil Patrick Harris working like a fucking ad like who cares he's works in the big city for some ad agency oh boy hope the smurfs don't ruin everything who gives a shit (laughs) who's this kid cares (laughs) fucking gives a shit hey let's take you know they have this magical village where all these cool things happen yeah let's just throw them in new york baby like great 
Love it. Love to see the wonderful world of Manhattan. But there's Smurfs in it. That's fun. You can't let people see the Smurfs, so they gotta constantly be hiding. And they keep making a mess of things. He's gotta clean it up. Isn't that great? 90 minutes. Thanks. (laughs) 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 Fucking hate this movie. Did you ever watch, like, the Smurfs cartoon growing up? No! I'm not a hundred years old. <laughs> I saw a couple episodes or something. I, I didn't watch it like religiously like and I kept forgetting all the characters' names. But I also confused it with like the Snorks. Do you think there's a Snorks movie out there? I don't Do even they know go to an is. underwater pyramid? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, maybe only the, one way to find out. Maybe the drowned weed rat will find it for you. Wow, Chris, it seems like your Patriots didn't do very well this week. Well, I mean, from perspective tanking so and uh that's it i watched the smurfs and then immediately watched cape fear i had a regular night just a cool what normal a, day what a use of your time it's you know one day i'll be dead none of this will matter <laughs> yeah. all right we're an hour and a half in i want to talk about showdown little okay tokyo now. so uh desperately showdown in little tokyo uh there's a bunch of action scenes and some kung fu let's get into the game of games <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. (laughs) So, uh, all right, game of games. Dare step into my pyramid. No, no, no. Let's let's talk about showdown a little. No, shit. No, no, no. Later, because that's gone. Not funny. No. (laughs) Okay, so showdown in Little Tokyo. Uh, Now, I. Okay. So, when I came across this movie, I just kind of, like, heard about it. I don't even remember where I heard about it, but I remember thinking, oh, like, Big Trouble in Little China, but it's, they're doing a Japan thing now. Okay, I'll, you know, give it a shot. And I saw Dolph Lundgren was in him, like, already, probably a future episode. Saw Brandon Lee, I said, almost certainly a future episode. Then I saw that scene where a guy snaps his own neck, and I was like, okay, we're just, just pencil it in right there. And then Alex pointed out that it's only 79 minutes. That's right off the bat, easiest choice of our lives. Let's, what could possibly go wrong? Indeed, nothing. So the opening credits, which are just shown interspersed with a tattooed guy while heavy metal music plays. Uh, <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah, I think that's supposed to be <clears throat> Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. And uh, they, they never show his face, they just show his tits. Uh, speaking of, uh, Tia Carrera was in this movie, which means we have to pay attention. Uh, nice to see her again. Slideshow. And uh, so this movie, the way it starts, we have like an underground fight club, which uh, Dolph Lundgren invades. And I want to talk about Dolph Lundgren's voice. I guess this is after Hollywood realized, like, oh, we could just put people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone in movies. People don't care how they sound or whether they can enunciate or speak the language. Just put them in the movie. Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Just put them in the movies. It's an action movie. They're not going here for the dialogue. It owns that it's a movie full of Japanese actors, and he has the worst accent out of <laughs> I can't understand a thing he says this whole movie. But everyone else is fine. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very much like that Boston bombing movie. So uh, Which one? <laughs> so he goes to the uh, underground fight club, which gets invaded by the cops. And uh, it becomes an underground shootout club. Uh, everyone's shooting submachine guns at each other, and he has to kick the guns out of their hands and stuff. And uh, 
then he tries to get the escaping bad guys, and they they get into a car. He has no car. They drive their car at him, and he jumps eight feet in the air over this car. <laughs> I'm not seeing an issue, Chris. So so far, I'm like, okay, this movie was a good choice. Yeah, it's a strong opening, and you're like, oh man, Orton's going down with this underground fight club. Never mentioned again. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Might as well not have happened. This is not important. This is, uh... It's kind of like in Detective Pikachu, that underground Pokemon Battle Club. <laughs> he just fucking swings in like Skeeter from Central <laughs> Doug. Like, hey guys! And there's a big shootout, and then it's just like, dang, that was crazy. Hi, I'm your new partner. So, uh, then he goes to a restaurant, and, uh, his middle-aged waitress comes up to him and just speaking Japanese with him. I'm like, okay, they're doing a thing here. And then he says, was there an offer? And she says, oh no, I'm too much woman for you. What exactly were they talking about there? Did someone give her an offer to fuck him? I feel like, uh, I feel like they just released this movie without the subtitles and just wanted us to leave it to the imagination. I guess, or I watch don't it with a Japanese friend. I just like... I, I listen to this, I'm like, well, I must just be really high and can't understand them. Because, like, they just switch between unsubtitled Japanese and English, like, at will in these conversations. I, I you know, I would have watched this with Michelle, but Christina would get jealous. So, uh, speaking of... What? <laughs> but speaking... Oh, no, welcome back. <laughs> speaking of Japanese people, uh, I kind of like the scene where the, the Yakuza enter that restaurant and they're conversing with the, with that waitress, and they're all speaking English. And they're all speaking rather broken English. I'm like, just speak Japanese. Just be comfortable with it. It's not that big of a deal. I'm also a big fan of this scene because it starts with them all getting out of the car wearing those suits. And that's the point where I knew this was a good movie. Yeah. Everyone's wearing zoot suits in this movie, dude. <laughs> rules. Fucking rules. This is a great scene because it's at this moment where I just want to start shaking everyone and be like, how come you didn't tell me this movie where Dolph Lundgren fights the Yakuza? <laughs> How come no one told me? So it's, I, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Dude's like shake this old woman down, and he's like, "Hey guys!" And no one's like, "Hey, didn't you just show up at our underground fight club?" Hey, he's got the same jacket on. It's that guy. They're just like, "Hey, you don't want these problems." So <laughs> and then a dude waves a switchblade in his face. Oh, I no. Here's the thing. It's not a switchblade. It's a butterfly knife. I can't explain why it's Same funny thing. watching a guy with a butterfly knife called Dolph Lundgren Baca, but it probably has something. You don't need to explain that, dude. But it, it probably has something to do with the fact that Dolph Lundgren punches him in the face for it. <laughs> he calls him a Baca. <laughs> Waving a butterfly knife around like an ass. By the way, bang! <laughs> why could they not find him a jacket that fits? Because look at his curious. body. Find a jacket that fits that body. Impossible. You you are shitting on the character. An apology. Come on, I want an apology. He's got universal soldier money. Go to a tailor, dick. <laughs> so here's the thing. Then Brandon Lee comes in. We got to talk about this dude's fucking melon. It's. I mean, his forehead I, is panoramic. <laughs> This guy has There's even seen the seasons that haven't been released yet. There, <laughs> there are scenes, I mean, the, the jawlines in this movie between Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren, I, I, I can't even, they could cut, like, they could cut steel with those jaws. 
Uh, anyway, they start beating each other up because they don't feel like beating up the Yakuza anymore. The Yakuza escape, come back with submachine guns. And Dolph Lundgren defends himself against submachine guns with a wooden table. I mean, it worked, didn't it? Like, what's the issue? <laughs> yeah, they, he's, he's alive. So anyway, they uh, exit the fray, and they hold up their badges and their guns to each other and say, Freeze, police! And Dolph Lundgren says, What division are you in? And Brandon Lee says the three funniest words in this movie. Asian Task Force. What the fuck is an Asian task force? I, it's all encompassing. <laughs> they, I love that Dolph Lundgren is on it. Crime, is. <laughs> there's an Asian. Oh wow, crime. me too. What are the odds? An Asian crime. Brandon Lee is there to jump kick his way into it. So they realize, wow, we've kind of obliterated the crime scene and Dolph's favorite restaurant. So they go back to the precinct and Dolph Lundgren is just, you ever go to like the gym? Okay. Well, for the audience, if you guys have ever gone to the gym and you just like pound delts and you kind of walk around with like that ape mentality, kind of like a T-pose marker, you just like walk around with your shoulders like, that's what Dolph Lundgren has to do because that's just the way his body is built. He's walking around like that in a wife beater in the precinct. Dolph Lundgren is just a walking Bethesda NPC. <laughs> He's constantly <laughs> clipping through walls. <laughs> Hello, stranger. I have a question for you. The Yakuza have taken over my favorite laundromat. Uh, then I took a karate chop to my knee. So uh, they're interviewing. The- ah, I love memes. I'm your partner. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon, we'll get to Brandon Lee's performance, but I, so they're interrogating this guy, and um, the the one survivor that they found from the shootout in Little Tokyo, and uh, they're asking him, hey, what's your name, what's your date of birth, what's your blood type, did you ever kill anyone, do you know who killed my parents when I was at the tender age of five? Oh, working for Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and the guy's just not <laughs> responding, he's just not saying anything, so they go to the other room, and we're like, oh, how are we gonna get this guy going, and the guy's going, oh. And uh, Brandon Lee's like, what's that guy doing? To which uh, Dolph Lundgren says, oh, he's going to kill himself. And then the guy snaps his own neck. <laughs> I imagine this was you when you figured out you need to watch two chipmunks. <laughs> just drop to your knees and broke your own neck. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the, the flashback in this scene that Dolph Lundgren has to his parents getting murdered. Because it's the most Team America-ass looking murder I've ever seen in my life. Because, <laughs> like... Look, I don't recognize most of the names in the credits. So when you get this flashback, and there's just a dude with full-body dragon tattoos slicing his parents up with a samurai sword, and then he turns his face and it's fucking Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie. (laughs) You guys. And also the fact he's like, yeah, I was able to... I, I... cut him in the face with his own sword it's like uh what happened after that because my guess would be he cut your fucking head off kid. damn how did you disarm the yakuza i've been defeated okay. by this five-year-old in a flashback that's the thing is the image of little five-year-old dolph Lunger grabbing a samurai sword to fend off a ninja is a scene that's going to stick with me for a long time <laughs> they were smart to not film it he just casually like yeah, yeah i was able to hit him with his sword like and then what happened? <laughs> and then... I feel like he could just kick you through the wall. No, and then... So, <laughs> so we cut to a scene from Spring Breakers where they're all gathered around a pool. There's a whole bunch of women in bathing suits and some without bathing suits. And uh, Tia Carrera is there with that hair. Uh, 
Is that just hair from fucking King of the Hill? That's the way the women used to wear their hair in that show? I think she <laughs> borrowed it so from Gene Simmons. <laughs> and uh, then, as it turns out, the dumb blonde was smoking a weed bong filled with meth, and she gives away that Tanaka will be killed. <laughs> that famous thing we all do. Yeah. Just pass around pipes. It's called ice. It's just You're crystal right. meth. So big in Japan. So he takes her, Tanaka, and his goons take her into his really nice office, and he makes her strip down. Oh, no. And then he gives her a weed bong filled with ice and then he has that fat guy in the blue hawaiian shirt hand him a samurai sword and i want to talk about the fat guy in the hawaiian shirt you can just tell every single one of us as soon as we saw emiliana me me that's me me blockers that's me it's me, it's me. me. I'm, that's me right there blocking. i'm that guy it's me. no one else can be him it's me uh and then we really looks like it's about to turn into one of those sexual assaults things but thankfully he cuts off her head instead so the fucking jump cut as her head gets sliced off is so crisp and so stupid and so, so good. Like, why is he recording this beheading on several security cameras? Really makes you think. You gotta get, like, the different... Are, are, we, are we all in frame? Okay, cool. I'm gonna do the murder now. Well, Parker, you know, George... It's like George Lucas. He has A camera and B camera. <laughs> it's like poetry. Much like the Detroit Lions. <laughs> that's a joke for no one you're welcome i, I appreciate love that. that's good like because this, this scene kind of fakes you out because he's got a little knife and he's like he's just like cut up her laundry like oh this guy's dangerous and then someone just hands him a samurai sword and he cuts her fucking head off he makes her smoke like, crystal meth and then decapitates her <laughs> Can we talk about the scene afterwards with the body? <laughs> with the examiner is like, uh, here's something really crazy. And she zips open the bag to show you her decapitated head. She's like, yeah, she smoked so much crystal meth that uh, she would have been dead anyways. <laughs> so he got her all geeked up on meth and then decapitated her on camera. What a waste of good ice. Honestly, I love how instant is this movie it has to be like. So it's called Crystal Meth. It's kind of like crack. It's big in Japan. Maybe you've heard of it. It's like, buddy, <laughs> we've all heard of it. Now. <laughs> We're struggling. Yeah. Damn. I guess the Red Dragon Cola got their greedy claws in American soul. <laughs> so this is a scene where we really get to see the interplay between Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. And boy, talk about playing against type. I. Okay, I can understand that Brandon Lee is the fish out of water because it's kind of like playing with your expectations. You see Brandon Lee, you're just like, oh, son of Bruce Lee, he'll be the Asian one. But turns out he says, I, I was raised in uh, Southern California. I like surfing, dude. He talks like one of the Ninja Turtles throughout one of this you know, fucking movie. And uh, he, he doesn't know anything about, uh, he doesn't like sushi, which, come on, dude, everyone likes sushi. But he knows a little bit of karate because his mom made him do that instead of uh, organizing plants. That part, I can understand. Although, you have to admit, it'd be so much simpler if they would have just been honest and just said, well, he's Chinese, not Japanese. Yeah, but where's the joke there, Chris? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Kenny Hill. But uh, the, the one joke, I mean, the one setup I, I don't really understand the commitment to is constantly trying to reinforce that Dolph Lundgren is part Japanese or something because he grew up in Japan because his dad was a GI doing I don't know what and uh, Dolph Lundgren is just uh, I'm just a big fan of the culture that's why yeah, I'm here Dolph Lundgren is just he has the spirit of an ancient samurai warrior 
Yeah, it's really weird that a white dude would pretend to be Japanese because he thinks the culture is superior and he hates all the Americans and only watches the good <laughs> cartoons. Really strange. Yeah. First time it's ever oh, happened. Grin's dead. Yeah. He loves his hot Asian wife, <laughs> who's real. <laughs> okay. So, uh... uh... Do you watch your shows dubbed or subbed? Dubbed, obviously. What am I going to read a cartoon? You have a lot to learn. Yeah, this is this is an important <laughs> part to talk about, like the way they talk. So Dolph Lundgren kind of talks like a Ford Sylvester Stallone in this movie. But we also need to talk about Brandon Lee's voice. Brandon Lee, he talks with, Wow, man, I'm barely Asian at all. I drive a stick shift. He really does sound like somebody trying to make fun of Americans. It's... Really it's good. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much a Dave Chappelle white voice. It really is. Meanwhile, you've got fucking Dolph Lundgren trying to say seppuku. <laughs> oh my god, he committed seppuku. <laughs> yeah, god, He's like, whoa, what's this guy doing? Oh my god, why is he on his knees? <laughs> oh my god, it's a ritualistic suicide. You wouldn't fucking Whoa, 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 we have to get to... <laughs> We have to get to the best scene in the movie where they go to a club. Now, the first thing we see when we when we walk into this club is topless sumo wrestling for the ladies. Is that supposed to be titillating? Yes. <laughs> uh, now, this also has fucking a scene where I, uh, you know, he mentions I don't even like sushi, and then they see a nude woman and they're eating sushi off of her nude body. And she's nude. And uh, and Brandon Lee's like, you know what? Never mind. I could really immerse myself in this culture. He's just Rob Schneidering his way through this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Man, they could have just switched I places. Hate that yeah. Is it yeah, wrong? It Is it wrong? It works. Yeah. I hate the hate that it's not wrong is the problem. Meanwhile, fucking He's walking. Dolph Lundgren is walking through this movie with his leather jacket. He's. This has to be the guy that they based Paul Phoenix off of. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing as we were watching this. <laughs> you thought of checking with him. I so, sure did. <laughs> so they. Uh, hang on. Is this is this they have a big fight in the club and they're just like helping each other fight so it's just martial yeah on. like yeah just like throwing the chair yeah. to the other guy and the, the yeah. bad guy has to sit next to him in the legs and then he gets punched in the face it's actually it's, it's like shockingly well choreographed considering how dog shit this movie looks it's well choreographed but very poorly filmed it's just one of those things where you know a different studio probably would have done a better job of showing like the angles where they're it's not as bad as jujitsu but like I don't know I, I had problems with the way a lot of the fight scenes of this movie were filmed. Uh, now, let's get back to the plot, such as it is. Turns out their big plan to distribute the meth is to put it in beer. Uh, I, uh, so this is really just the plot from Strange Brew. Uh, <laughs> except without the mind control devices. So Tanaka is not as evil as a villain as Max von Sydow. Well... That's not for yeah, me. so one of the uh, one of the Hell's Angels bikers like, you can't put meth in beer. That's impossible. And Tanaka cuts his hand off with a samurai sword. <laughs> Did you write down what he says to him? I don't have to write down. I already remember. He says, "Now you only have one hand to wipe your ass with." Luckily, that guy's a righty, so no change. <laughs> 
big fan of all the meetings at the beer plant with the fucking Legion of Doom and just all the local <laughs> gangs. Oh my god, the whites, the Puerto Ricans, and the blacks are here? Oh my god, the Yakuza are taking over. Burger King Kids Club of Evil. What about <laughs> Utility <so> Bell? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I demand more meth! <laughs> Christina, be quiet. So okay, so uh, <laughs> so he Tanaka goes to visit Tia Carrera in the club. Uh, we forgot to mention at the club scene, she's a singer because that's uh, that's the only thing she can do in movies, I guess. You can't not think about Wayne's World, right, right? Yeah, like he, your brain. As can't soon as she's in there, you just keep hoping that she's going to start singing Cherry Bomb or something. But no, she's singing some stupid song I'm going to forget. And Tanaka says. I don't understand my countryman's obsession with these other women as a woman with the biggest tits in the movie stands up behind him and walks away. The <laughs> <laughs> love is like, he just assumes she's Japanese. Like, hey, you're Asian, right? It, Good enough. It has, like, Parker, I know I'm speaking your language of this, it has the same energy as the sex drive on Rated Cut. Or is it just, like, topless women <laughs> walking around in the background? <laughs> Yeah, they're just CGI. <laughs> See, that's one of the wildest things about this movie. There's a lot of topless women in here. I'm not complaining, but like, it's almost like a surfeit of topless women. They know who this movie's for. <laughs> All the topless women, except the lead actress. She's like, I'm not fucking doing oh, that. Oh, what do you mean? That was her in those scenes. So, speaking of Tia Carrera, uh, they go to visit her on her. What, what do you call that kind of house where it's like the most expensive house you've ever seen and it's just on a cliff? Is that the same house from like <laughs> fucking Lethal Weapon 3 or whatever? Where it's like, or from Grand Theft Auto 5 where you can like pull out the supports and it slides down the mountain? But I also, it's, those were not the two references I expected. But also, it's made of paper. Right, yeah, you know, yes. which we will, we will get I am. to. <laughs> So excited to talk about this scene. So, uh, they, he, uh, Tanaka, like, throws her on the bed and says, which, this is a really harsh cut, he just takes her from that backstage area to his house, throws her on the bed and says, if you don't do what I tell you to, you'll end up like your dumb blonde meth addict friend! And shows her the video, multiple <laughs> angles, so it looks really good, of her getting her head chopped off. So, Alex, that's why it happened. Anyway, Tia was really upset about this, and, uh... The Tanaka leaves, I guess, and uh, they're Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren are watching this on a nearby cliff through binoculars. And Brandon Lee's like, uh, Dolph Lundgren's like, oh, "What's she doing?" And Brandon Lee's like, "Oh, she's straightening stuff out, organizing organizing stuff." Hey, someone left a big knife out. <laughs> <laughs> you know that woman? She must be well, cleaning must up be after cutting him. a real big. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon Lee. Appreciate wow, Kenner, she's be cutting a real big birthday cake with that one. <laughs> oh my god, she's gonna commit seppuku. <laughs> What's seppuku is like, Harry Curie? What's Harry Curie? Let's go down there, okay? I, but we're getting paid by the hour, so <laughs> go down. And uh, Dolph Lundgren starts beating the shit out of every single person in that building. I want to talk about the knife kill through the door. <laughs> <laughs> he just becomes Jason Voorhees for this scene. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like there's a bad guy there, and you can like see his face. He's like raising his eyebrows, like, "Oh, I know Dolph Lundgren's on the other side." I use context clues in audio in order to turn that. He <laughs> just goes through the door and pulls him through the door by the knife. 
It's the fucking end of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's fucking it re- <laughs> where they come through the. Window. It reminds me of that scene in Unhinged where he stabs that girl with a knife that goes through the boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> <sighs> Why did I remind myself of Unhinged? So, uh, yeah, after he uh, kills all those bad guys, he uh, he takes Tia Carrera and says, "Don't kill yourself. You have so much to live for." And just picks her up and carries her to the <laughs> roof like King Kong. <laughs> no, hey Chris, how does she get to the roof? Good question. He just backs up slowly and just <laughs> moonwalks through the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having It's one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> he just casually is like, and just walks through the glass. When you say, that's the thing, it's like you think about the glass. It's like, I don't know, can you just do that? Because you've seen all those viral videos. There's like a million of these viral videos where someone is just walking with like their head down. They The glass is so clean that they think it's just like an open doorway. And they walk into the glass and just shatters all over the place. I assume that's what he did because he weighs about like 450 pounds in this movie. All muscle. And just uh, slowly, one, two, three, and he carries her up to the rooftop starts swatting at helicopters and uh then he sees uh, a landing pad jumps on this car (laughs) and just lays it uh, immediately totals the car then puts her in a different vehicle and uh overturns it does does he still have her at this point i don't even remember and he, he goes to the car and goes, and he overturns it like he's fucking Walter Jones, then gets in the car, drives away, turns around while driving, and shoots the tank to explode the car and kill all the bad guys. Look, How do you not love this one? One of the most powerful things I've ever I don't know seen about you guys, life. but I think we need to go back to the times when we made all cars out of explosive materials. Right? Yeah, it <laughs> fucking owns, dude. The fucking Yakuza's opening fire, he's just like, Oh, hang on. And just casually flips the car over, then drives off. I And then it makes it Parker. explode. I love this Parker, movie. Film is a visual medium, and that communicated things to me. <laughs> he is made out of adamantium. <laughs> I'm actually Weapon X. <laughs> I need to move to Hollywood. <laughs> so... It's like, oh, no, we cut the movie down. We actually took out the scene where we described that he's actually a mutant. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So they go to a sauna where all the Yakuza is just hanging out in thongs. And they catch... Uh, what are you talking about? And they catch uh, <laughs> Tanaka there. And I guess they have the drop on him. And Tanaka says, name your price. And Brandon Lee says, I've always wanted a Porsche. I... Look, they really should have got Rob Sucks. Schneider here. Uh, he had to have been available. Oh, man. Better no, movie? Better. No. Well, no. <laughs> Incorrect. But what if Rob Schneider was in the crow? <laughs> better movie. So, uh, a fight in the sauna ensues between a bunch of Yakuza and Thongs and Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren has an underwater battle against a sumo wrestler in a thong. And he kills him by taking like the the hose and for the water and putting it in his mouth, and I guess he just blows him up or something. <laughs> so it's like a reverse of that kill it's like in that big trouble in little China. It's like a reverse of that kill in uh, that Final Destination movie. <laughs> 
Instead of getting your butthole sucked yeah, up. Yeah, it just blows up with that <laughs> one. Just get real big. So they they escape that uh, they escape that uh, sauna, and they hear the cops coming for them. And Brandon Lee's like, "This seems a little weird to say as a police officer, but let's get the hell out of here." And they uh, hide themselves in the the alleyway next to the sauna. So. Uh, great police detective work. Uh, they go back to uh, wherever they were hiding Tia Carrera, and they take her to Dolph Lundgren's Japanese lake house that he built. <laughs> now I gotta tell you, is, is Dolph Lundgren like the absolute like? No, you don't want to be any other hero in any other movie besides Dolph Lundgren, right? Like, look at this. He's gigantic. He's T-posing throughout the movie. He gets Tia Carrera, and he has a Japanese lake house. I mean, come on. It's not even fair. God, he must be such a weeaboo. <laughs> Just constantly belittling his partner and for watching anime. Meanwhile, they walk way. in there, and Brandon Lee's like, next time, we gotta get a furnished place. That is the most lavishly decorated lake house I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, like... Uh... It's a real shame, Sorry. you know, what goes down at this house because uh, this is the second catastrophic loss of Goku figurines we suffered this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you keep judging me. I know she looks ten years old, but she's actually a thousand years old. So there's nothing illegal about these comics. So, like Brandon Lee's like, "Where am I going to sleep?" And the uh, double's like, "Oh, there's two beds and there's a futon." And Brandon Lee's like, "What's a futon?" They just kind of look at each other awkwardly, then Brandon Lee smirks and walks away. So, uh, I guess he's going to be sleeping on the floor. We have banter. I'm going to sleep curled up at your feet like a dog. <laughs> Night! <laughs> okay, so, he, uh, he goes to sleep in his, uh, fucking... No, he doesn't go to sleep. He goes to, uh, chillax in his outdoor hot tub. And he hears, <laughs> Tia, he hears Tia Carrera walking up, and he immediately grabs a gun and turns it on or blows her head... Oh, wait, different movie. So uh, he's like, oh, careful, don't sneak up on me like that. I can hear you coming. And she's like, oh, wow. And then Tia Carrera dumps him out for this movie. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> this jump cut to this body double <laughs> is something you would see in fucking scary movie. <laughs> it's so absurd. <laughs> it could not look more like a different person if she was fucking it's... black. Like <laughs> It could not be the same. Human She's being. three feet taller. Her hair's three inches longer. Her her she body has a color is different. And <laughs> large booba. The, <laughs> Doesn't look anything. One of the like funniest her. parts about this is Tia Carrera gets into the hot tub. She makes him close uh, his eyes so he doesn't see the body double. And you, she, her hair in the hot tub is placed so strategically that it will cover up the straps on the bathing suit top that she's wearing. But I can still see the straps. <laughs> They're doing their best. It's so fucking funny. And I. Uh, <laughs> Then we cut to, I was like, oh, isn't it fun to relax in a hot tub and not touch each other? So they go back to the house, and Dolph Lundgren is laying in bed without a shirt on, and this is the single most ridiculous body I've ever seen in my life. It's fucking absurd. I mean, you've seen fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger without a shirt on, and you're like, yeah, come on, where's that guy? Well, never mind, here he is. It's just Dolph Lundgren. He apparently just looks like that. Okay. And, and Alex, you said you saw the worst CGI of your life in that uh, other Howie Long movie. This body has to be CGI. Like, there's no way. <laughs> uh, like, that, I've 
you know, people can talk about, like, body dysmorphia and stuff like that. I got body dysmorphia watching this movie. The only flaw is their bodies are too good looking. So, anyway. His body is actually mo-capped by Jim Carrey in this movie. <laughs> He's very brave. Dolph Lundgren is the single biggest man I think I've ever seen. We'll get to that later. So, Tia Carrera tiptoes into his room and he grabs another gun and blows her head up. Oh, never mind. Different movie. He's like, oh, you gotta be careful. Why do we do this thing twice? We, you have to do it twice. And I heard you coming. And she's like, oh, hey, can uh, I also sleep in your room? I'm scared to sleep by myself. He's like, oh, sure. And she's like, can I sleep on the bed? Yeah, well, whatever, I guess so. She's like, can I ride your cock or something? He's like, oh, I'm fine, whatever. Makes it feel good. And uh, so they have coitus. And afterwards, she lays next to him and giggles and whispers in his ear, that time I heard you coming. That is not something I wanted to imagine. But I'm glad that you could close the circle on that joke. It fucking owns that, like, this is the most black exploitation movie ass sex scene just in the middle of this 80 minute movie. Like, it's so long and so, like, oh, we're gonna show you everything. Like, it fucking <laughs> rules. Oh, yeah, that's this is another scene where they just got the other body double and she's just riding him fully clothed. Uh, might as well have a sweatshirt on. And uh, <laughs> look, they knew what they were doing, though, because you read the trivia and they list a bunch of the scenes they cut out that are like backstory and like his oh, old partner wow. who died and all that. Like, no, cut all that shit. But you leave this the one of the worst sex scenes I've ever seen. You better leave I think that one in. One of my favorite parts of that is just TNA. imagining what it must sound like to hear Dolph Lundgren come. Just not his voice, because he's not going, you can just imagine it's just like. That's what happens when you see Krill and die, and you tap into your inner rage and go Super Saiyan for the first time. (laughs) Unparalleled guttural Anyway, they. As he knocks you through the fucking paper walls in that house. So they hear the Yakuza coming. Ah, fourth time. And, uh, (laughs) And Brandon Lee says, just in case we die. There's something I want to say to you. Which one of you... Do you guys want to say it? Okay. Uh, I'll let you okay. take this one. He says, uh, Well, Dolph Lundgren, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. This line comes from Brandon Lee, not Tia Carrera. So uh, I'm glad that he clarified that it's the biggest he's ever seen on a man, because it doesn't rule out Rasputin's massive hog that's mummified in that museum in Russia. <laughs> And it doesn't rule out the cybernetic ones that you get you taken to the hospital. So true. What is it, Drew Pickles train? <laughs> Whoa, Kenner, my dick's malfunctioning. Get me to the hospital urgently. <laughs> so the Yakuza come in, put a stop to his all you can fuck buffet, and they burn down his lake house. So Dolph Lugrid's not pleased with the Yakuza's antics. Killed his wife. Uh, shit in his hot tub <laughs> <laughs> and then they st- oh my god where's my ribbon candy they st- <laughs> oh jesus so they strap him and brandon lee who as it turns out also has a body by ridiculous and uh they strap him to like these barbecue plates and just start uh <laughs> grilling them alive and uh, to which brandon lee will not stop quipping <laughs> he will not shut the fuck up <laughs> They're able to get out of it by, I guess they cross the streams or something, and they grab on to the uh, to the guy who's administering the shocks, which also barbecues him, and they're able to escape somehow. And uh, Dolph Lundgren... What, oh, they go to a junkyard. They go to a junkyard, right? And they're in the junkyard, and their car that they're in, because they're tailing the Yakuza, the car that they're in 
is about to get crushed by one of, it's basically the climax of the brave little toaster it's one of the car destroyers on the conveyor belt they have to get out of that by just punching the roof a whole bunch of times and they escape and Brandon Lee's like, wow, we have to track down the Yakuza and save and save your fuck buddy. To which Dolph Lundgren says, no, I'm going to enjoy being dead. By which they mean Dolph Lundgren has a training montage that consists of three jump kicks. <laughs> At like minute 65. <laughs> <clears throat> Couple questions here. First of all, is this where Mac and Charlie got the idea to fake their own deaths? <laughs> follow question why the oh we should pretend to be dead to get the jump on them and three and a half minutes later they're driving a truck through a wall (laughs) (laughs) this movie has taught me something where you know you watch movies about like rich and powerful people you're like oh i want to be that one day the level of power i want in my life is the kind where you're holding a samurai sword someone talks back to you and someone else just runs up and unsheaths the sword for you so you can cut their hand off. <laughs> that is power I've never dreamt of in my life. So, <laughs> And also, why is he wearing a David Byrne suit the whole movie? <laughs> it keeps growing I until fu- the final fight. I fucking love that so much. So uh, they have a fight in an industrial factory. Kind of reminds me of like one of the scenes from Batman. This is how they made the Joker. Brandon Lee is fighting this guy. <laughs> It says, you have, the re- you have the right to remain silent. Bang! You have the right to your own counsel. Bang! And then he kicks the guy into a vat of acid, lights a, lights a lighter, and says, you have the right to be dead. And it's a lighter <laughs> in there and ignites the entire industrial facility. Parker, do you think this is where uh, Beerfest got the idea? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kenner number two. Just for the sake of making it easy, you just call me Kenner. <laughs> I was just crossing my fingers, hoping he was going to start trying to drink his way out of the vat of crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes back like a fucking superhero. Can't feel pain, impervious to bullets. Guys, I got some bad news. When Brandon Lee said, you have the right to be dead, my first reaction was, dude, glass houses. So, uh... God so let's it. talk. Oh, maybe cut that. So let's talk about the climax of this movie, where oh. I'm pretty sure it takes place at the same place as the ending of uh, Chinatown, just in the middle of the street. And uh, there's a parade there, and a whole bunch of people dressed up as geishas for whatever reason. And we need to pause for one second to do a little bit of scene setting. Hey, Chris, what's Dolph Lundgren wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about his fucking owning a sushi restaurant ass outfit he's wearing. Is that a Utaka? If anyone who speaks the lingo, can you tell me what exactly that is? Because I want to get the terminology right. Unfortunately, I'm not a libertarian, so I can't help you on this one. (laughs) Oh, we'll get the drop on him. We'll pretend to be dead. And then they drive through a wall wearing a full karate gi and a headband with a rising sun on. His leather jacket has a rising sun on it, too. Do you think that guy's ever been to Japan? Do you think he likes Aikido? <laughs> so, uh... This is the eastern is... version of the drive jacket. This is just... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, please. Yeah, That's... Sorry, I had to interrupt, because we cannot... It's actually fair, noticed. though, because, like, if I saw a guy wearing the jacket from Drive, I'd be like, oh, come on. But if I saw the guy wearing the jacket from this movie, I'd... I don't know, marry him. So, uh... If... If I saw someone built like him wearing a karate gi, I would wherever he's walking, I'm also going that direction because there's something fucking terrible behind him. Exactly. So, 
It's called Chad drafting. He's behind me, rookie. <laughs> so the movie's climax is just a shirtless samurai sword battle in the middle of the streets. And uh, the, the crowd is cheering for blood, and they get what they want because Tanaka gets pinned to a, a spinning firework wheel, which explodes. <laughs> it's spinning around, going, psh, 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 and Tanaka's going, ah, and, and uh, Dolph Lundgren's just smirking, and then it just explodes, and his guts explode all over the crowd. <laughs> you know how people have been posting about how much they miss theaters, and they've been posting, like, cam footage from Endgame when all the portals open? <laughs> That was me watching that pinwheel go faster and faster until it you guys, uh, you guys think this scene is where Gallagher got the idea for his act? <laughs> it's... I'm going to smash the watermelon. <laughs> so Brandon Lee, at the end of the movie, says, uh, Well, there's going to be a lot of paperwork for this one. We killed all the suspects, took a shit in their pool, and then we joined a parade. <laughs> Roll credits. Why do you need dubbed over banter? A guy just exploded. <laughs> just, they should have done a freeze frame on like his guts flying in the air. Just God, that would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been great. And just hearing, you just hear Dolph Lundgren go, what is God right? <laughs> <laughs> the end of the movie is just, oh, explodes. <laughs> and then directed by Mark Lester. <laughs> Who apparently uh, was really mad that the studio cut down this movie, but I gotta tell you, I think I'm on the studio's side. Absolutely. Uh, 78 minutes with credits is the absolute There's right call. There's nothing I wanted more to this movie. You make it like a second longer, I'm just like, well, the pacing I had some issues with. But <laughs> <laughs> You don't even need the opening scene, but it's him just in... <laughs> Fading an underground fight club and a shootout starting. So they're like, yeah, keep that, I guess. It's well, not really connected, but I mean, fucking leave yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we can't just cut it. Okay, so... What about my tragic backstory? <laughs> nope! <laughs> All right. Let's 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 get into the game of games. Three thirty, in the fucking... <laughs> games you say i gotta go bye <laughs> save my dinner's ready later <laughs> anyway so the game of games um what do we got here dragon balls right okay the dragon balls this week go to my bills parker's cats of the forest and the unowned detroit lions oh that's interesting so you can't you can't own a champion like that they're too pure and wild so this is the auction segment of the game of games you guys can oh bid against each what? other in time for this Dragon Ball. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, no. I, I have a surfeit of Dragon Balls. I, I don't feel <laughs> the need to uh, bid for this. Sort. You guys can just go ahead. To... I will bid one minute. I for will this bid Dragon nine Ball. minutes for this Dragon Ball. <laughs> Parker, that nine minutes. You know, he's got a nine-minute video he wants you to watch. I'll go a firm 22. All right, you can have it, buddy. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm going to find him an episode of the Chipmunks to a side of this 22 minutes long. There's an episode of something terrible coming my way, but I can take it an episode. It appears that uh, what you will be watching is... <laughs> you see, we recently had the 10-year anniversary of Foam Adventure. 
Avi. Hey, do you want your Dragon Ball? <laughs> well, it turns out the girls from the video did a retrospective, which you can find on YouTube and watch. What the fuck? <laughs> what is there to... F- you went and bought foam at a craft store. Uh, Whatever. I guess you'll find out. Report back, buddy. Foam adventure. Fucking... Oh my god, that's great. Retrospective. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the team wins and losses oh. this week. Oh no. My team went a measly six and four. Chris's teams, despite being buoyed by the Jets and the Bengals, only managed to go five and five. Shit. And Parker's teams went four and six. So looks like I'm assigning Parker yet another movie. <laughs> now Parker, I have something capital G good picked out for you. Let me read Ooh. the plot before I tell you what it's called. Is it Foam Adventure? Cultists with an enigmatic leader, Mario Van Peebles, sees the only man capable okay. of devising a way to stop a giant meteor from hitting the Earth. Agents Susie Amos and Ice-T are then sent to his rescue. Holy shit. Okay. And also, okay. fourth build okay. is Coolio, playing a character named <clears throat> Lucifer. Okay. You're gonna watch 1999's Judgment Day. <clears throat> that sounds good. I might also be watching this. I'm just staring at this cover where it says asteroid dot 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 antichrist dot 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 armageddon dot 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 and also ice T's holding a submachine gun. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I'm very excited for this one. I discovered this movie right before we started recording and figured that my good friend needed to watch it. See what else we got okay, here. Well, uh, um, we also have the the oh, I know. mining rigs. Oh, I know. So. I'll roll for Parker's butt coin mining rig first. It's always Parker. Evens. Do you want odds or evens? Evens. Evens are good. Oh, Chris, let's God. roll for yours. First time. Oh, that's weird. It came back to life. It looks yes! like. It's been sitting in rice or something for two weeks, so you're fine. Hey! <laughs> All right, let's get this other dice. Odds or evens, Christopher? Evens. That is a seven. <laughs> Parker, that's, would you like to assign him a movie? I would love to assign him a movie. But he's too busy. <clears throat> so this is, this is going to be strategic for me here, because you assigned me glass. So I've been getting through all the Shyamalan stuff. The last thing I have before Glass is Split, which you have not seen. No. And for the sake of making content on this show, I would love to talk about Split with you. Because we'll never get Alex to watch again, because he'll Correct. just quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> so he's seen it. I haven't seen it since theaters. Oh. And I'm probably going to rewatch it before Glass, because I don't remember anything about it. And then... We can have a nice little conversation about this it. This is actually one of the ones where I'll probably watch. I'm curious what your take will be. And then glass and then split. So I'm very curious about what your take will be. It could be. I also anything. don't remember which came out first, glass or split. So split came out first because I have split. never seen glass and I'm planning to keep it that way. Yeah, glass came out like last oh, year. Right. I don't know. Time is time is a thing. All right, let's see what Hunter Biden has for us. God damn it. Alright, what do you guys got for me? Uh, Alex, I, I want you to watch Driven, that uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. And uh, I have a feeling that 
you're going to find it very entertaining, and also you can tell us whether it's a future episode. Absolutely, buddy. Will do. Thank you for assigning me something that I'll actually watch in a timely manner. And there's still a couple that you haven't got around to. Oh, I'm aware. The list is sitting right next to my computer. He just looks at it, gives it the finger every once in a while, and goes back to watching whatever he wants. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Hey, me, me too, buddy. <laughs> Sometimes you just ruin a whole night, and you watch Ted and the Smurfs back to back. Okay, so All right. uh, community uh, teams time. Uh, well, all right. Thankfully, Chris's Patriots laid an egg against the Dolphins of Miami this week, so we get to roll the good dice. Mm-hmm. All right, it appears that we have each received a hyperbolic time chamber. Yeah. Now, how the hyperbolic time chamber works is... Let me see if I'm reading this right. All right, I can't write. It's like hyperbole. But uh, I think what I meant to say is that... This will let you retroactively cancel a previous assignment if you so choose. That could be something that you get assigned in the future and just decide after the episode, like, eh, I don't want to watch that. Or whatever. Man, I wish I could go back in time. <laughs> Unfortunately, my Snyder Cut is irreversible, so I can't. Yep. Correct. <laughs> There's ancient Egyptian dark magic involved. Yugi boy. I'm just banking on that turning into an entire episode while Alex just sits there nodding like, oh, <laughs> fucking God. You just Art. hear him, like, playing a game in the background. And for <laughs> the Detroit Lions bad dice. God damn it, Lions. You guys like space, right? Yes. All right. Oh, no. So we board one of Elon's rocket ships to get launched into space. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought was, oh fuck, does Kevin James have a space movie? <laughs> it says here on the side that I have to rewatch Sunshine to see if I still hate it, which I think feels fair oh, because, nice. you know, yeah. That's fair. You guys, though, get blasted a little bit further out into the cosmos. Now, as you guys know, lots of aliens, might be a Death Star or several, you know, anything could be within the reaches of space. And I'm gonna allow you guys to assign one another a space movie. It just has to be related to space in some way. God damn it, don't assign me space cowboys, you son of a bitch. Uh, space movies. Space, space. It doesn't um, have to necessarily be about space, they could just be in space, or who knows. Are you gonna assign me Wrath of Khan, or can I be mean to you? This is gonna determine what I Google here. Actually, Rathacon is probably a good one. Um, I can't. Okay, find a good I can't one. think of like. I can't think of a bad space movie that I've that I one that you have already googled. List of bad space movies. <laughs> Correct. Wait, no. I wait. Okay. If you, do you want me to assign you a bad movie so you can assign me a bad movie? Whatever makes for a funnier episode. Okay. <laughs> Let's fucking uh, go. It it was um, it was an animated movie. Uh, Damn it! No, wait, never wait, mind. Wait, wait. It was a ripoff. It was a ripoff of Star Wars. Oh, uh, is that the Baby Geniuses movie where they meet the space baby? No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's... <laughs> I think it was. I think it was called Star Chaser: The Legend of Orin. Let me, 
Man, that's yeah. Like okay, uh, I'm gonna assign you Star Chaser, the Legend of Orin. Orin spelled O-R-I-N. Also, you should really watch uh, Wrath of Khan. That's actually a good movie. I've had such a good week with I'm gonna, Star Wars. I'm gonna make a note Indeed. in the future. I'll assign it to you. I might even use a coupon to do that. Bad space movies. Let's see here. Ooh. No. Maybe though. <laughs> Come back to me. I'll, I'll figure something out here. Don't worry, there are no songs in Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. There's a lightsaber now. Oh, I might have something for you, Parker. Hold on. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, you have to... Uh... Oh, you're gonna... No, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me... Uh... Oh, that is... That is a 2.2, Parker, God. buddy. Try this on for size. Oh no, letter part six. <laughs> hey, remember the time you made me watch Ghost Dad? <laughs> oh, I do. Go fuck letter yourself. Part six, I've never seen it, and I've heard it's really bad, so I will watch letter part six. Boodoo. <laughs> oh, you no. Did, he's still here, huh? Okay. Yeah, I'll watch letter part six. How did this cost $24 million? I don't know. All I remember hearing about, I actually don't know what happens in it. All I know is that uh, apparently, uh, what's his name, the rapist, uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, apparently, for all the interviews for the movie, he he was begging people, "Don't watch this movie." Very yeah. cool. I would like to use uh, one of my magic coupons to assign someone a movie. I mean, I can't stop you. Okay, I would like to use it to assign Parker uh, Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. I wouldn't be own if I used a hyperbolic time machine <laughs> to get rid of the only good movie. <laughs> That'd be so mean. Also, please don't watch the first Star Trek movie. Like, even like, oh, I don't know for context. No. I wasn't God, gonna. Just, giving, like, a warning, that movie's just boring and it never comes up again. So, yeah, Rathacon, actually good. And that's what I want for my Star Trek movies. All yes. one of them. And uh, get rid of that. And I would like to use one more magic coupon. Just clear I mean, these out so I don't have to worry about them. We can't stop and, you. And yeah, and I would like to assign Parker the Queen's Corgi. <laughs> I'm just going to use that hyperbolic time chamber, I guess. Go and knock that right out of there. Guess we'll just clear that out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just go sitting here like, fuck, what's he going to assign me? And then he just does that to you. I, why, why even assign you anything? You're not going to watch it anyway. <laughs> Eventually. Well, it was fun having that. Let me just delete that off this note here. <laughs> and that's like that's like my strategy. I was trying to make you use up all your immunity idols, or your all your bumper nuts, all your uh, all your hyperbolic time chambers, and then eventually I'll be able to decide you the animated Titanic movies. That's funny. The puzzle will remember this. <laughs> yum yum yum. God damn you. I still have a. I have to find a new Dragon Ball strategy because I was literally hoarding them so I could force you to watch Oh, Snyder that reminds Cut, me. I have 16 Dragon Balls. Time <laughs> to make a wish. Sure do. All right, let's hear it, buddy. Okay, I'd like to assign Parker some audio content. Uh, no. I'm not, not going to like this. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, last time I assigned you audio content, it was to, uh, what was it? It was either to listen to the two albums by White Zombie, one of which you enjoyed, one of which you didn't like very much. And I think the other time I assigned you audio content was listen to the Krasenstein podcast. 
Oh, yeah. fuck. Well, you're not going to do it this time. No, I've got more music for you. I would like to assign you my favorite album of all time. It's uh, You Can't Do That On Stage Anymore, Volume 1 by Frank Zappa. Damn, he cleared out all your immunity idols just to hit you with this. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> this is bloody. it is easily my favorite album of all time and i think it's a good introduction to his music it's all live cuts and it's it's good music and uh i hope you like it that leaves me with nine <laughs> dragon balls sure does hmm, what Jinkies. other things can i do well hold on to those dragon balls for now oh wait no never mind actually i Alex, if I use my Dragon Balls to assign someone something, can they use an immunity idol or, or a, a butt coin mining ring or whatever bullshit on it to stop? They cannot, no. Okay. I, <laughs> you should have said that. I am going to uh, use another of my seven Dragon Balls to assign you, Alex, a TV show. Just one season. Uh, I'm going to assign you season one of Dr. Ken. What the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, we got to find a new third <laughs> mic now. It's fucked oh, up. Oh, cool. <laughs> Created, written, and co-executive <laughs> produced by its lead actor, Ken Jong. I'm going to use my seven Dragon Balls to wish this out of existence. Using a wish just to make it go. The only thing that could possibly stop an assignment is to use your seven dragon balls. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go down to two. I don't give a fuck. I didn't have any good ideas anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll Are you sure it's got that. Dr. Oz? <laughs> seven dragon balls. There we go. <laughs> Drop them in the fucking vat. <laughs> just, just canceling out our dragon balls. That leaves me with two dragon balls. You have... God, that would own if you just, someone made a wish, like, alright, so just like the show, you can't use it again for a year. <laughs> Wait a second, what? Alright. Yeah, we're done, we're done, we're done. Absolutely. Sorry. Alright, uh, next week's episode, Jim Cotta. That's the tea, sis.